This program contains material or language which may be considered objectionable. Parental guidance is suggested. Showtime. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You are tuned in to SNS Unplugged, your source for pro wrestling discussion. Because our time is now. Because the champ. Wrestling News sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com Yes! 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 Movies and entertainment and the occasional conspiracy theory. With your hosts, all the way from New York City. The Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella, and residing in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Mr. Money on the Mic. Say hello to the bad guy. Jeff Jackson. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass, and I'm all out of bubblegum. Unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's unplugged. Why, oh why didn't I take the blue pill? We are the best in the world at what we do. And it starts now. Good evening. Welcome to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We're coming to you on Hump Day. That's right. The week officially half over. Um, unfortunately, JJ could not be joining us tonight. Um, he's not feeling too well. He has a bug going around. Considering it never gets any hotter than 50 degrees up there in good old Canada. Unfortunately, it is what it is. But I'm here with you. 
bringing you all the best you come to expect from Unplugged. We've got it all. We got news. We got this day in wrestling history. We got the raw reaction. And later we'll have some guy come on and talk about NXT. Maybe if he doesn't, if he stops his shit in the chat room. But with that being said, I'm not alone. No, no, no. I'm not going solo tonight because, well, he's leaner. He's meaner. He's even more badass than before. Please welcome back to the SNS Radio Network a guy whose intro speaks for itself. Of course, the power, Andy Knowles. Andy, welcome back, buddy. Pro Wrestling's Truth Detector back one more time right here on the SNS Radio Network. So proud. Bronx to be back with you here. The one, the only, except no substitutes, British Columbia's greatest export, the power Andy Knowles, back in the saddle one more time. Good evening. I'm telling you, man, you're starting to pull that whole freaking Terry Funk gimmick. What do you you mean by that? Is he going to retire? Is he going to come back for one more match? You know everybody was just screaming, one more show, one more show. You got it. You got one more show. Here's what happened. And this all turned around very this this turned around faster than the decision to have the Undertaker lose at WrestleMania. What happened was this morning I was sitting in my office, I was having my coffee, planning my day when uh when uh the one the only one Mr. JJ Sexy uh messaged me and asked if I would be willing to pinch it and uh, I was more uh, I was extremely, uh, I was, I was uh, touched by the offer. I was very honored. And, um, and really, th- th- this is what I enjoy. I enjoy coming back to guest host, uh, you know, now and then. I, I'm, I'm not producing tonight. This is Bronx's program. I am merely here uh, along for the ride. So you'll have to get all of your, uh, your fill of the power, your Andy-isms, uh, when, I, when I give them. And uh, you'll simply just have to record the program. Uh, either on the tape recorder or uh, go ahead and, and record it on your cool edit or whatever you're going to use. Listen to the podcast, and this will be your fill of the power uh, for the next uh, for the next little bit until I'm asked. And, and I'll tell you, there is a lot. There are a lot of things to go over, and one of the things that I am specifically looking forward to tonight is uh, going back in time to a rare guest appearance on a particular program with yours truly, where I predicted a major event in women's wrestling. I can't wait to talk about that tonight on Unplugged. Yeah, man, we're going to do a lot of going back in time tonight. But, you know, it's good to have you back, man. How, personally, how you been? You feeling all right? You doing all right? I've turned a corner. You know, I, you know, people look at it, you know, I wouldn't recommend having your stomach sliced off and your intestines rerouted. I wouldn't wish it on my worst enemy. Um... I ha- I'm not, you know, I am nowhere near. I am literally half the man I was when I started this journey. I am down now 185 pounds. I am not a heavyweight. I am not a cruiserweight. Um, I am barely a light heavyweight at uh, at this point, and uh, I'm hoping I bottomed out, um, uh, really hoping. I have literally stacks and stacks of clothing I can no longer wear. Um Personally, I am. I, I I have not been this thin. Um, I haven't weighed this little since high school. Um, everybody has been so supportive. Listeners, family, uh, uh, friends, even friends from my hometown that I uh, stay in contact with, 
uh, through uh, through Facebook have been uh, have been so supportive of this journey, and I cannot say uh, enough. And um, you know, it's um, it, it it was hard. It had it mo- it, it had its moments. Um, uh, mornings where I did not you know want to get up, or when I was you know felt like I was back in college heaving over the toilet. Um, but but you make it through, and 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 by the grace of God, and all things that are great. And uh, my friends and family, I uh, I pulled through, and um, and it's a it's a leaner, meaner power. Um, I I don't think I'll ever get back to to two twenty five, two thirty, um, which is where I was in uh, which is where I was in college, and and uh, and up to where I, I was about two seventy, two seventy five. Um, you know when I was really uh, you know heavy heavy weightlifting, heavy powerlifting. I sincerely doubt I'll ever get to that again. Because I just would never be able to ingest enough uh, protein and carbohydrates to uh, to keep that. When you've only got a three ounce stomach, there's only so much you can do. But it, it really has been a an incredible journey and a, and a great turning point. And uh, you know, I took uh, 40 years of my life to get to this point, and uh, y'all live the live the next 40 uh, and and see what happens. Well, the great thing now is being the big Batista mark you are, you can parade around in the skinny jeans and forget how to wrestle. Yeah, well, you know, and the funny thing, and you talk about Batista (laughs) after his first run, and it looked like somebody put a pin in him and deflated him. And if you were to look at me nine months ago and look at me now, it would be, of course, I don't post pictures. Now, if you were one of the lucky few who got to see the picture of me dressed up as the ultimate warrior, and shame on you if you missed it, but I did post a picture of myself um, that was a much younger power. That was that was 20 years ago. Uh, that that was even before my 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 weightlifting really ever even took off. That was back in my infancy, let alone my maturity. Wow. But be that as a man. Lot to talk about tonight on Unplugged. You picked a great night to be here. Bronx, what do we got? Well, here's what we're going to do. Being we're reminiscing, this is a good segue. You talking about the good old days, lifting weights, and maybe learning how to wrestle. You're going to love this because Sean Beckerman from the Beyond the Bell is going to do what he does every week. So get ready, hit the DeLorean, and let's go back in time with this day in wrestling history. Right, Jeff and Tony, who's riding shotgun as it's time to hop in that DeLorean. So we rewind back through the annals of time to remember this date in wrestling history. This week, we'll go back 25 years to 1989, May 7th. We witnessed a huge event in professional wrestling and a monumental moment in the career of the Nature Boy Ric Flair. The National Wrestling Alliance presented Wrestle War 89, a great card. Featuring legendary superstars such as the great Muda, Doug Gilbert, Butch Reed, Dick Murdoch, Bob Orton, the Dynamic Dudes, of course, Johnny Ace and Shane Douglas, Michael Hayes, Lex Luger, the man called Sting, the Iron Sheik, and in the main event, the Nature Boy Ric Flair pinned Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in a little over a half hour 
to capture the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. This was a legendary match between the two with a different style and a lot of completely new and innovative spots during the match. For the finish, Flair used Steamboat's momentum on a body slam to roll him up for the pinfall. After Flair was awarded the championship, the two superstars and legends shook hands in the middle of the ring and Steamboat raised the Nature Boy's arm. A truly classic moment between these WWE Hall of Famers. This was a superb match and truly a fitting finale for this four-month feud. But what was most famous on this legendary night was after the main event. As Ric Flair was being interviewed by Jim Ross, we witnessed one of the three ringside judges, Terry Funk, enter the ring to congratulate the new champ, Nature Boy. Funk left, then wanting a title shot from Flair. But of course, the champ remarked, you're not in the top 10 contenders list. The Funkster said he was joking and offered to shake Ric Flair's hand. Instead, Terry Funk, the hardcore icon, slapped him, then took Flair outside the ring to pile drive him onto a ringside table. One of the very first nationally televised spots involved a table. Some say it was the springboard to lead into the era of the extreme. something Jim Ross and you simple-minded people I had a dream last night oh yes and it was a beautiful dream I dreamed that I was on the front porch of the Double Cross Ranch and my father who's long since gone was there in a swing swinging with me and up drove a long black limousine and the left front fender was dented in and the door opened and out stepped a beautiful lady and my daddy said woman what happened to your left front fender and she says I ran over some kind of an animal on the road I don't know what it was my daddy said well what did it look like And she says, well, it had great big ears, and it had nostrils, big, huge nostrils, about five inches apart. And it had horse teeth, and it smelled real bad. And my daddy said, my world, girl, you must have ran over a jackass. And I said, what did it smell like? She said, it smelled like hairspray and cheap cologne. I said, woman, you didn't run over any jackass. You ran over Ric Flair. Is he dead? She says, no, but the last time I saw him, he was running scared. Well, let me tell you something, Ric Flair. You look at me in the eye because I am looking at you. You realize that you must live not in the future because there is none. You must live in the past. Give up that belt or I'll stick your neck out one more time for me. Stick it out for me, Flair, you gutless individual. I'm talking to you. That's enough. Stick it out. Stick it out. We're not going to listen anymore to this, fans. We'll be back with the Steiners. National television, I quit. Well, I look at it like this, Terry Funk. I'm the world champion. The title's on the line. But if I say I quit, I'm done. 
For you, you've got nothing to lose. You're the pride of Texas. You're one of the true greats on this sport. So tonight, Terry Funk, it's no man's land. It's a crash course. But the bottom line is, woo, to beat a man, you got to beat the man. Woo! What a classic moment in professional wrestling history. You can catch this and so much more each and every week on Beyond the Bell, your pro wrestling nostalgia podcast here on the SNS Radio Network. This week will mark the debut of the brand new official website for Beyond the Bell, btbcast.com. Also starting this week, fans of Beyond the Bell can make their voices heard on the official Beyond the Bell hotline. Leave your memories and thoughts on pro wrestling nostalgia, and I'll play them on Beyond the Bell. Go to ringannouncing.com and btbcast.com and click on the SpeakPipe banner and leave your message now. It's the Beyond the Bell hotline. For this date in wrestling history, Sean Beckerman signing off until next week. Stay old school, my friends. You know, that answered a lot of questions, really did. Great segment, but out of all the digging that I did about a month ago after the warrior passed away, I tried to find out what Nancy Grace's beef was with, you know, wrestling in the WWE, and it was Terry Funk's wife all along because when she mentioned running over a filthy, disgusting, smelly animal... Well, Nancy, sorry about your mom. Well, hang on two seconds here. When you talk about Nancy Grace, I haven't really come out and said too much publicly about this. I think a lot of people, there were, there were really two emotions. And, and without taking up too much time into this, I, like everybody else, WWE Network sat the Saturday night and, and enjoyed every minute of the Hall of Fame, enjoyed every minute of the Ultimate Warrior, what he said directed to his daughters. I have a daughter, so I, I, I took a lot of what he said to, to heart very personally. He goes to WrestleMania. He passes away. It, it, it gone. It was, I, I've never been one, I, I shouldn't say never, I've always been one to think that we're all here for a reason, that irregardless what God you believe in, we, we are here to do something, and then when we have done that, we move on. And to me, it seemed that the Ultimate Warrior needed to find peace with the WWE, and at that point, he was going to get called home. That's th- that is my reasoning for it. Whether you believe it or not, it's entirely up to you. But the thing that happened with Nancy Grace afterwards was disgusting. I used to be a fan of of Nancy Grace's broadcasting style until the Owen Hart incident. Her taking this completely out of context. There's another example of how what is supposed to be the mainstream media, this is CNN once again, where they get this wrong. And the pro wrestling media, radio media, television media got it right. And the real loser in all of this was Diamond Dallas Page. And I bet you right now he regrets ever being a part of that debacle of a program. And as far as I'm concerned, Nancy Grace can burn in hell for what she perpetrated on her program trying to call it journalism that night with Diamond Dallas Page on the program. 
Well, I mean, I'm not even going to respond because you guys know my view. You've heard it on this show. You've heard it on my show. I'm not going to get into the Nancy Grace thing again. I just wanted to kind of give Andy a segue because we haven't heard his thoughts on it. And he agrees with pretty much every other wrestling fan on the planet. Absolutely. It was it was disgusting. It was it was in poor taste. It, It didn't need for for the. For the regular news media, it was a non-story. A wrestling fan called in to, um, uh, you remember Mike and the Mad Dog. You have Mad Dog Russo and uh, Mike, and I can't remember his last name right now. Um, oh, help me out. I have no uh, idea. Anyway, he, he called he called into the, uh, it's going it, to, uh, literally, I'm having a brain cramp and I apologize. But he called into Mike's show and, and, he said, and he said, you know, what do you think the Ultimate Warriors, um, uh, contribution, how his contribution to professional wrestling will rem- would be remembered, and he, along with other mainstream media outlets, couldn't have given a damn, didn't care, had absolutely no interest in it. For the mainstream media, it was a blurb and it was a non-story. Why CNN headline news, why Nancy Grace felt that she needed to take this mantle somewhere is beyond me. It was a tragedy. We, you know, the, the guy's at the top of his game, or I should say on the top of the world, and then just has a heart attack and drops dead. It's, yeah. It can happen to any of us. One of the, Andrew, why did you go and, and get your stomach sliced out and your intestines rerouted? Well, because if I didn't, 10 years from now, I was going to end up in a coffin. Well, I mean, J.J. said it, too, that he he thinks that that warrior probably knew something was wrong. I mean, his father and grandfather passed away around his age. So I think in the back of his mind, that's why he made, you know, peace with WWE. And I'm glad he did. You know, I want to get back real quick to this day in wrestling history. You know, I listened to Ric Flair, man, and it's. It really is a shame, and I know a guy like you has nothing but respect for Ric Flair, as do I, but you see him lately, and man, how the mighty have fallen. It really is a shame. Oh, it is, and you know, Wrestle War, no no respect or no disrespect to Sean, that that really was not, Wrestle War in and of itself was not a great event, save for the World Heavyweight Championship match with Steamboat and and Flair, and a lot of people were, that, that was really Flair's, last shot he had had numerous opportunities since steamboat had won the championship to go in and take the title and this was his last shot and had they let steamboat go over uh they they were going to pull up new contenders for steamboat and um the writing was on the wall and uh when when steamboat lost i really felt that the, the terry funk thing you know terry funk's days uh, terry funk's days are never over but his 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 ability to draw as a character, in my opinion, really were, was done at that point. He had his run in the WWE. He had a great run against Junkyard Dog. Hulk Hogan um, had done a lot of great work there. And to come into the NWA and a lot of WWE wrestlers in that late 80s shakeup did go to the National Wrestling Alliance. The, the aforementioned Junkyard, Junkyard Dog uh, as one of them. Uh, Butch Reed and many others. And um, it was it was the NWA's attempt to try. To, it was the NWA's attempt to do what the WCW had uh, would do with the NWO in the '90s to bring in WWE guys uh, for Flair to draw against. Once again, Rick Steamboat being the most notable uh, at that time. It wasn't 
in and of itself, it, it did what it had to do, but did it, did Terry Funk turning on Ric Flair in and of itself make the event? No. Um, it really didn't lead to much after that. No offense to, to, to Terry Funk in, in, in the, you know, in the I quit match and, and what followed with the, with the JTEX, uh, corporation and, and, and all that stuff. It, uh, it was really Steamboat and Flair that made the match, and, and what followed afterwards was really just a Terry Funk money-making event. Yeah, but now we got Ric Flair possibly re-signing a deal with WWE if he can get him, his stuff together. And I don't know, even when he came out before Mania and you know put over the Shield, which was a good moment for the Shield, but to me, he still looks like he's out of it half of the time. You know, I yeah. just don't know. I mean, the guy at the bottom line is he shouldn't need the work at his age. But when he's you- the Gary Busey. He's the Gary Busey of professional wrestling. And and what Flair needs to do is is he needs to, to step away from any on-air capacity. And, and really, he needs to walk away. Hogan's the same way. They, they need to step aside because as the younger fans as the low information pro wrestling fan comes into the sport now, they will look at these legends now and not as they were, and they will not appreciate what these two did for the sport back in the 80s and the early 90s. They won't appreciate it. They won't care. They will simply look at them as they are now. And there are so many professional wrestlers that I don't want to say overstate their welcome, but there are so many that that try to cling to whatever grasp of, of, of fame and notoriety that they can, and understandably so if they don't have the money. But Ric Flair really needs to to walk away, not be in an on-air capacity. If he's going to be in an on-air capacity, at least make him do something. You know, I'll, I'll, Let me go back, and I'll, uh, and I'll give you an analogy. James J. Dillon returned to World Championship Wrestling in a, in a, um, in a managerial capacity, excuse me, as a, as a commissioner capacity, uh, for World Championship Wrestling and executive, I, I forgot what his title was, executive director, um, not general manager, but he he was the on-air resp- uh, talent responsibility guy, the authority. And it was great if you were an NWA fan seeing James J. Dillon back. That made sense. Seeing Ric Flair back, he's been a general manager. He's been, you know, he's played these on-air authority roles. Would it be effective? It might be good for a few laughs. I don't think it would be effective anymore. If anything, what Ric Flair needs to do is he needs to go in the back. He needs to help the guys out. He needs to bring these next-generation guys, and I know we'll talk about NXT later in the program, but he needs to be working with this young talent and and getting them Ric Flair-esque because I think a lot of what the young talent, what they are missing today, is is a lot of what guys like Flair brought, what Hogan brought. Al- alcohol Hogan. and credit cards? No, no, no. I'm talking from the character standpoint, not oh. from the personal standpoint. You know, we, we look, every every wrestler has has demons. Um I, I really can't find too many left that, that are the Ricky Steamboats of the world. I think, you know, even even the the hardcore Faces of the world all had their, you know, all had their issues. The Von Erichs are a prime example. Um, but there are things that these guys can do, the Ric Flairs and the Hogans of the world can really do to contribute to this sport 
to give these younger guys a real appreciation. And for, and for the most part, for the most part, the young guys in the industry do have that appreciation. A lot of them act like a bunch of smart asses thinking that the world owes them something. Those are the guys that need to be smacked into shape. Yeah, no, I agree. I like the uh, comparison to Gary Busey. It's like when you watch that uh, America's Dumbest Criminals or whatever, and everyone comments on the video and they go to Gary and he's like, I had Cheerios for breakfast. And everyone's looking at him like, the fuck? Yeah, that guy's... Gary Busey! Gary Busey! That guy's burnt out. Red Flyer. Woo! Woo! I'm telling you, he's the Gary Busey of professional wrestling. That's a good one. I got to remember that. If he hasn't gone over the edge, if if he's not already there, he's going to be there shortly. And oh, you know, yeah. you know who I'm disappointed for talking about flares is his daughter. We, you know, all these second generation, you've got Jimmy Snooker's daughter, Tamina, in the main event. You've got Natty Neidhart, who's on her way to a Hall of Fame career. You know, could you imagine? And, and where's Ric Flair's daughter? What? Where is she? N- Natty would be in a Hall of Fame career, maybe, but not. I don't think in the WWE. They've done. And n- let me stress this very carefully. Oh, Hart's getting screwed over so bad right now. It's it's it just it truly amazes me. Right now, she's in a she's in a title hunt for the NXT Championship. Are you kidding me? Or or I apologize. I didn't get to see the finish of the match between her and Layla, so I don't even know if she's out. Well, yeah, that's what I mean. I didn't mean that as a knock on Natty. She's great. We've been we've been all saying she should have been pushed for years in the women's division. I mean, we got freaking Emma. And you know what, man? We're going to get to that a little bit later. As a matter of fact, we've got a little segment dedicated to that on uh, request of Andy Knowles. So he <laughs> scratched our back, and I will scratch his. And we're going to talk about a little women's wrestling a little later on. But now, to move out of the old farts segment of the show... And get to some modern times. Two nights ago, Monday Night Raw. Uh, our next pay-per-view is Payback. Seeds being planted. So let's turn it over to uh, me for the Raw reaction. Yes, something that actually happened less than 20 years ago. Now get the guns, the drugs from my generation. I'll take the fall. You will react. Okay, guys, Monday Night Raw starts off this past Monday with Dean Ambrose and The Shield coming out, and Dean is going to defend his U.S. title in a 20-man over-the-top battle royal. And the match begins with all 20 guys. Xavier Woods is first out. Zack Ryder's out. R-Truth is out. Titus O'Neil out. Sankara out. Sandow out. Heath Slater gets thrown out during the break. In the end, it comes down to Dean Ambrose and Sheamus. And Sheamus hits Ambrose with a brutal kick, which sends him over the top rope. And Sheamus is your new U.S. champion, fella. Triple H comes out, and he says that on the pay-per-view last night, Evolution and The Shield had a war, and you three were extremely lucky. 
But Dean, since you lost your title, your luck is apparently changing. And at the end of the night, the Shield is going to be in a six-man competition against the Wyatt family. Sheamus is interviewed, and he says since he came back from injury, he's just been spinning his wheels. But it's all about timing, and tonight was the perfect time for the Celtic warrior to step back into glory. And as far as Dean Ambrose goes, no hard feelings, fella. Bree and Daniel Bryan are shown in their locker room, and there's a loud knock at the door, and it's Stephanie. And she says, sorry about that, I've got heavy hands. She congratulates Daniel Bryan on his pay-per-view victory, but all you did was anger Kane. And when Kane is angry, he can do anything. Now, the only way I can assure the safety of you two is if you stay put in this locker room until your match. Daniel Bryan sarcastically thanks Stephanie, and of course, Kane's mask is hanging in their locker. We have RVD versus Antonio Cesaro, and once again, Paul Heyman reminds us that his client, Barack Lesnar, conquered the streak to a chorus of boos. Heyman doesn't like the fans' attitudes, and he introduces Cesaro. And we start the match, and RVD has a nice shiner on his left eye from the pay-per-view. We have a back, good back and forth, a headlock by Cesaro, backbreaker to RVD into a two-count. The Rolling Thunder connects, and Cesaro takes a timeout. In the end, Cesaro has RVD tied up in sort of the tree of woe and keeps hitting him while he's upside down past the referee's five count. Cesaro is disqualified, and Paul Heyman has to pull Cesaro off of RVD, saying don't get yourself suspended. Now, here we go with the heavy breath. Bray Wyatt says Abigail always told him he was born to lead. She said, one day you will change the world, and I believed her. This world we live in, it has very wicked ways about it. And they will, would always snub their nose up at me, look down on me, call me a piece of trash, a nobody. Those people have made this day so sweet for me because last night I became somebody. Last night, John Cena's fear was personified by a singing child. And they have this very creepy video of the little boy from the night before singing in slow motion. I do want to see the world burn. This world must be burned down so it can be reborn. I do this for the children and the poor man begging in the street. I do this for the teenage girl who cries every morning, and I do this for each and every one of you. From now on, John Cena stands alone, and alone he shall fall. But you children never have to be alone again, because you stand with me and remember, I'm not a monster, I am a god. And he starts singing, whole world in his hands. Cody Rhodes versus Ryback. Ryback starts off dominating. Ryback gets a two count. Cody Rhodes finally makes a comeback and gets a two count. Goldust on the outside is driven into the post by Curtis Axel. Now, when he's driven into the post, it knocks Cody Rhodes off balance, and he falls down, eats a shell shock, and your winner is Ryback. So once again, it looks like the Brotherhood's going to be breaking up. Daniel Bryan and Bree are shown again in the back. Daniel Bryan says, be patient and stay close to me. Now the lights go out and they start to run. 
but Stephanie gets them in the hallway and says, listen, Daniel, I, I know what's going on. Let me bring in your car, but please, for right now, stay put so I can guarantee your safety. Los Matadores and El Torito in the ring, and we have decorations for Cinco de Mayo. And to celebrate Torito's victory, they want to have a celebration. They throw candy all over until 3MB comes out. And Heath Slater says this party isn't going to happen because you can't have a party without 3MB. That's three. 3MB tells them, you know what, let's call a truce, man. And, of course, this turns into a fight. Torito gives Hornswoggle some candy. Heath Slater tries to break the midgets up. Ole and Heath gets thrown out. And a hat is put on Hornswoggle. And El Torito airplane spins him and then gores him. So it looks like this epic feud is going to keep going on. Lana shows Vladimir Putin, the president of Russia, I believe. He makes fools out of you all. You are pawns for Putin, but don't worry, America. Your secrets are safe. But no man is safe from the Bulgarian brute. We have Rusev versus Kofi Kingston, and surprisingly, guys, Kofi gets in a decent amount of offense, but, of course... Rusev wins with the accolade as Kofi taps out. Daniel Bryan checks out his car and he and Brie get in until there's a loud banging on the car and it turns out it's Stephanie with her heavy hand again. I feel sorry for Triple H sometimes. She says, listen Daniel, uh, you can't leave until you compete tonight. If you do leave, I'll consider it a breach of contract and you'll be stripped of your title. Apparently, only CM Punk is the one allowed to walk out. Alberto Del Rio versus Daniel Bryan. And, of course, Daniel Bryan comes out with Bree. ADR gets the upper hand for a while. This is actually a really, really good match. But in the end, after a great back and forth, Alberto Del Rio has to tap to the yes lock. Now, Kane's music hits. Bree and Daniel Bryan run up the ramp. They get in their car, and the car won't start. Brian says someone unplugged a wire or did something. Now Kane attacks Bree inside the car as Brian's on the outside. Brian jumps back in and he moves the car with Kane on top and Kane gets dumped off the back of the car. Now Daniel Bryan looks concerned that he might have killed this motherfucker until Kane sits up and they drive off. Why he didn't back over Kane, I don't know. That's what I'd have done. Wade Barrett versus Biggie Langston in a rematch for the Intercontinental title. And your new champ, Wade, comes out and says, I'm afraid I've got some bad news. There's going to be some changes around here. Because the deformed slobs in this audience might have been worthy of a champ like Big E. But you'll need some plastic surgery to be worthy of an IC champ like me. Now, Big E starts off by taking it to Wade Barrett. They fight on the outside. Wade would elbow off the apron, and Wade Barrett retains after raking the eyes of Big E Langston and pinning him after the bullhammer. They have a segment for Mother's Day where they mixed, remixed Mr. T's Hall of Fame segment. If you haven't seen this, you need to. I have a feeling T is pretty pissed. Zeb Coulter comes out and says it's not Cinco de Mayo for Americans. 
if people want to get dog drunk, go ahead. Talking about vomit, what makes me sick is the influx of illegal immigrants into the country and the WWE, and he has a deportation list. Let's start with Cesaro and Paul Heyman. What about Santino and Emma? It's poisoning the minds of our children. Sheamus and Paige, they haven't let the sun hit them since 97. But the one who really bothers me, and he gets cut off by a debuting Adam Rose, who gets in the ring and dances with his rosebuds as Zeb leaves. Okay. Now to our main event, thank God. The Shield versus the Wyatt family. What you'd expect, a lot of brawling. Ambrose and Rowan started off. Harper gets isolated. Now Rollins gets isolated. This was a really, really exciting, good match. Harper with a sick dive onto Rollins, who flies over the announce table. Then a two-count on Rollins. Bray Wyatt gets in the ring. And Dean Ambrose makes the save for Seth Rollins. Now all the guys fight on the outside. A Superman punch to Bray. And Evolution comes out. A sister Abigail to Roman Reigns and Bray gets the win as Evolution watches on. But then they jump in the ring and start beating up the Shield. The Shield tries to fight back against Evolution, but a pedigree to Roman Reigns. And then Roman eats a triple powerbomb. And as we go off the air, Roman Reigns is laying there and it looks like his mouth is busted open. So Evolution gets their revenge, and it looks like this is not over. And you know what? I'm okay with it. Pretty exciting. Now react to that. You know, one thing I failed to mention in all of that was, for somebody who is on Total Divas, which is a pretty high-ranking show, Bree's yes. acting was terrible in that oh, segment with Kane. Oh, Kane. no, don't start with her. You know, there were, there were so many things this this past Raw, there were, there were so many things that I could nitpick on that Bree's acting is really the absolute lowest rung of issues oh, I've got. Daniel, Daniel, it's Kane. Oh, you're, I'll tell you what you, you have. You know, you and I have been working for a very, very, very long time. Okay, you have by far the worst Russian accent and the worst English accent I have ever heard. I, I just, I, I just need to tell you that. You realize I can hang up on you, right? You absolutely could. <laughs> I'll continue the podcast and I'll go and I'll pop it up. Anyway, no, the, the, uh, you know, I'll answer. Your daughter, the Russian, the Nikita Gorlov, the great. The great Russian. You're gonna do a, if you're gonna do a Russian accent. For the love of God, sound like you haven't had a drink of water in three years. I'm doing Lana. Oh God, I wish I was doing and Lana. And if you're going to do an English accent, then by God, man, please use the Queen's English. I'm telling you, you 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 gotta have some play. Now, here's the thing. First off, I I gotta talk about Paige for just a second. Actually, you want to save the Paige thing for later. Yeah, we're going to save that for a okay, little bit we'll later. Save, we're going to come back because I got I got to talk about Paige. But to be absolutely fair, this Adam Rose thing, you know, the first time I saw the Adam Rose promo with the with the bus and everything. Now, I am not a regular NXT watcher, so I had no idea who this guy was. You know what I thought it was when I first saw the promo? 
And this is where the WWE blew me away with their project with their production value on these promos. Is I thought it was some type of uh, TV show, some type of of, of uh, t- uh, reality show or television show, kind of Ollie uh, Ollie G ish uh, that was coming to Spike or or some other station. I, I I this is what I thought. I had no idea that this guy was an NXT wrestler. I didn't have a clue. I thought it was some new. Uh, reality program or some new uh, uh, television show that was coming, and then when I realized who it was, I was like, "Hot damn! I'm I'm interested now." This Adam Rose character has really got me, from a character standpoint, enthralled. I'm very curious as to where they're going to take it. I don't know. It kind of well, you know, it reminds me of kind of when fan. I'm going to give it a chance because I don't watch NXT that often either. But it's like when Fandango debuted and, and he did the whole dancing thing, and I'm like, really? But it it, it grew on me. Come on. Okay, that that that's enough. You're, you're about to get me fired, but but seriously, when he first started, I was I was the same way. I was like, eh, you know, I don't know. But it grew on me. This Adam Rose gimmick, though, I don't know. You know, with the rosebud. What book was that from? Rosebuds. I'm not even going to dignify how old I am with an ounce with an answer to that. Not going to happen. Anyway, continue. You know, but I'll, I'm willing to give it a shot. You know, I know he can get it done in the ring. So let, let's see where the gimmick goes. I like the thing with the bus, the whole rosebud concept. I, eh, I don't know. I will say this. This thing with the Wyatts and Cena, I ain't buying it. I'm not buying the Wyatt character, McGillicuddy. I'm not buying it. I'm not buying the goon squad. The, 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 the Extreme Rules cage match was a joke. The fact that the Goon Squad, uh, uh, Lamb Boy, and uh, the guy who hasn't shaved since 1975 can go and, 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 and basically play games with a cage, and then some creepy boy, some boy that, that gets a voice dub causes Cena to lose his concentration and lose the match? Do you honestly think, does the WWE, ladies and gentlemen, think that we are, that you are that stupid? That you are that lame an individual, that you are that low information a pro wrestling fan, that uh, the man has fought wars in the ring. Go back with Umanga when he fought Umanga for the championship. The things that this man has conquered, and he gets conquered. He gets conquered by a nine-year-old kid, all right, who's going through puberty a little bit early. You honestly, seriously expect me to buy that? Uh, This whole break, this thing... I'm telling I am I am I am sick of anything related to the Wyatts. I I don't find this the creepy crab thing with McGillicuddy. All this crap that's going on with him and say, this is this is this is this really is by far the dumbest duck dynasty called and they want their gimmick back. This is by far one of the dumbest things I have ever seen in professional wrestling. And the fact that there are people, the only reason why people have, uh, why, the only reason why these guys are over with everybody is because they are so anti-Cena. 
and that's the only reason why. No, and- the reason they're over with people is because Bray Wyatt is the best character created in the last 10 years. Oh, are you out of your ever-loving mind? Dude, come on. You got to be... Out of your ever-loving mind? What, what fascination is there? It's got to be a Duck Dynasty thing. What, what fascination is there with this, with this guy parading a bunch of little kids? I wouldn't want this guy anywhere near my kids. That's the whole let point. Alone, let, alone, let alone have him with a bunch of... So they go and they, 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 go and they cart out the, uh, the YMCA choir, and John Cena is supposed to be scared poopless over the, over the kid that, have, that went through puberty early. I'm not buying yeah, it. Yeah, but this, you're not you're not you're not thinking wrestling psychology wise. There's nothing psychological the kids, about this. The it's kids asinine. now hold on a damn minute. This thing is asinine. Hold on it's a minute. Asinine. But in places that you don't talk about talk about deep down at parties, you know it's asinine, yet you want to go and you want to play ball with these guys to try to make them go over. There is nothing at all endearing in this storyline. No. At all now hold on a minute. I'm no, not. Or a bathroom I'm break. not a mark. Okay, I damn well know what I like and what I don't like, and I'm loving this because you know what? How does Lex Luthor beat Superman? How does the Joker beat Batman? You can't do it they with don't. your fists. They no, don't. you can't they do it don't. with your fists. But in the moments when they shine the best is when you use psychology. Bray Wyatt's using psychology because what is John Cena's main fan base and has been for the last eight years? The kids. So, of course, Bray Wyatt is the first heel with the balls to actually use kids against John Cena. And I, for one, love it. I I totally disagree. This is this really is stupid i i can't put it any more than i'm gonna a don imacism it's it's stupid stop it just just stop it all right just just have great just have the Wyatt stop talking because this you know if when they turn face and they will event and they're turning face now it's it's just a matter of time then everybody will be loving them and you want the best you want the best promo in modern wrestling to stop talking He's a, you consider Bray Wyatt the best promo in wrestling today. He is the best ladies, promo. Ladies, ladies and gentlemen, there is no hope for the human race as we know it. If Bray Wyatt is the future of promos in professional wrestling, then we might as well close up shop now, end this program and move on because this in Bray Wyatt, he couldn't get over. He, he couldn't get over as uh, as one of the nexus let alone this. So he goes unshaven for, for a few weeks, all right, puts a hat on that he found at the dollar store, parades down a bunch of little kids, one who's going through puberty a little bit early, and now all of a sudden he's over? He goes and he steals Duck Dynasty's gimmick and he's over? God help us all. Dog, I'm telling you, the apocalypse is, on, is upon us. Dogs and cats living together, mass hysteria. I, I don't know, man. I don't it's know. You, you've got to be the... Only wrestling, uh, I was just about to use the word journalist, and I hate when other fucking shows do that. You've got to be the only wrestling radio personality on the planet who isn't down with Bray Wyatt. It's amazing. Well, that's because I'm, I am the voice of reason and sanity in an otherwise unreasonable and insane world. I'm pro wrestling's truth detector. I can smell this BS from a mile away. And to think that all John Cena had to do was jump out of a cage and get the win. Not that it wouldn't have mattered to, Bri- to, to Bray Wyatt anyway. He wouldn't have cared. He could, you could beat Bray Wyatt completely senseless. Okay, You could take a baseball bat and smash the man's head in. 
Not that I'm advocating that. But you could do the most evil, despicable things to the man, and he wouldn't, from a character standpoint, and he wouldn't care. So if I, if I were in the Wyatt, all right, for a goat boy and uh, uh, goat boy and beard girl and, uh, and Bray Wyatt, if I were in their crosshairs, I wouldn't engage. I wouldn't engage at all. I would be the, I'd be the anti-character. I, I would pull a Rob Van Dam, dude, whatever. Pull, pull an NWO on him. Don't, don't care. Don't give a rat's ass. That's how you fight them because they're trying to get in your head. If, if the best way to fight them is, is not let them get in your head. But then you don't have a program. Well, you don't because you continue to beat the living hell out of them for fun. No. And that's what you've got to do. To, to, in order to fight this guy, all right, from a character standpoint, they want to get in your head. You just don't give a damn. You need to get, you get a Brock, oh, oh man, I, I promised I wasn't going to use the Brock Lesnar. But you need to have the guy who just doesn't give a dog on, who just doesn't give a goddamn, to go and beat the living hell out of all three of them and, and, and beat them to the point where they're just not going to play anymore. Well, of course you can't get into Brock Lesnar's head. He has an IQ of 30. John Cena doesn't. I, I would love, you know, you want to know where I would love to see it as much as I hate Brock Lesnar and hate him from a character standpoint and what he's done for the sport this past year. I would love to see these guys go pick on Brock, um, Brock Lesnar and see what happens to him. Yeah, but here's the deal. If you and I are in a program and I'm the heel and you're the baby face and we know that, okay, this is the storyline, guys. Bronx is going to say all this shit to you, Andy. Do you really think you'd have a job in a month if your response went against the grain and you said, well, well, I don't care? If John Cena said that, then he would be burying Bray Wyatt. John Cena is following the, the storyline. This, this would be different, all right, if Bray Wyatt was a face, not, not a pseudo-stone-cold face, not a Steve Austin face. If he were a true face doing this stuff, all right, Jake Roberts' Ultimate Warrior. Jake Roberts was a face at the time, but the Ultimate Warrior through hell is the Ultimate Warrior was getting to getting ready to face the Undertaker, and then made the turn. Then it made then it made sense. Then it did something different. This does nothing. And Jake Roberts didn't do the same shit to the Warrior that Bray Wyatt is doing to Cena. He got in his head. You're you're trying if to prove what it ta- if this is what it takes to get get into Cena's head after the wars that this man has fought, after all the titles that he's won then his career means about as much as the Undertaker streak because right now they mean absolutely nothing. If a nine-year-old kid can get up in Cena's face, change his voice, and have Cena running for the hills, then there is no hope for the human race or this sport at all. He's not running for the hills. He is he, he's he he's is horrified. I'm going, here I am. I'm going through puberty right now. My voice is cracking. He is too. They've got Cena so... They've got... The, 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 the character John Cena, they've got him so messed up in the head... And I can't believe a man as intelligent as Cena, all right, doing what he has done, playing this game from a character standpoint, and it's supposed to be, I, it disgusts me. You know, I was a huge John Cena fan, and now I'm turning into J.J. I'm beginning to think, just like J.J. is, that his time has come. If it takes a nine-year-old to go stand in front of John Cena in a cage for him to lose it, then there is no hope for the human race. No, no. Now, hold on. I don't mean to, you know, J.J. can defend himself, but wait one second now. 
J.J. disliked John Cena because his character kept freaking going over and being put in the main event while the champion was not. No one could beat him. He was Super Cena. That was J.J.'s argument and mine as well. You have to, at some point, find a clinch in someone's... Uh, clinch, uh, that's probably the wrong... Chink. chink. It, Thank you. Chink. I, and now we just got racist. But you want to find a chink in someone's, in someone's armor, okay? And Bray is doing it by using the kids, something no heel has ever done before. What is Cena? What is? What do they expect John Cena to do? He's going to scoop up the kid and run. You know, I wouldn't want. I wouldn't put my kids. If if I knew my my kids had an opportunity to be on WWE television, I wouldn't want them anywhere near these freaks. Wow. Not anywhere remotely near. And you know, you can disagree, and that's fine. I hope you disagree with me. I hope this gets you thinking. But. If this is what is if this is what this sport needs is McGillicuddy growing a, a forty day old beard, goat boy and beard girl to go running around trying to make a difference in the sport, then as far as I'm concerned, you know, then bring on the shield bring the shield back, and I was never a fan of the shield to begin with. Oh my god. God, God help God help us all. Anyway, next topic. All right, the next topic. Speaking of the shield, so this segment doesn't last for oh, like 10 Dean fucking hours. Dean Ambrose. Speaking oh. of the Shield, what do you think of the continuation of the Shield evolution angle past Mania? Um, sure, why not? I, you know, what I really, what I really feel, oh man, I have such conflicting views on the Dean Ambrose situation. First off, Dean Ambrose was a terrible United States champion. He was a terrible representative of the title. Creative breaks their own rules, lets the guy go over 30 days, and then they say he had this fantastic title run when he hardly defended the belt. Many times he went over 30 days. You can't tell me that creative and their lack of infinite wisdom couldn't come up with somebody to defend that title against inside of 30 days. I was happy to see him lose the championship. Finally, a grown-up has the champion now. a championship now. Great time to be a European wrestling fan. You've got Sheamus as the United States heavyweight champion. You have... Um, Bad news, Wade Barrett, as the uh, as the new Intercontinental Heavyweight Champion, and you have Paige as the uh, as the new Divas Champion, which we'll talk about later. But you know, Dean Ambrose should have lost that title months ago. He was a terrible representative of that championship, and to have now them have something to do. If any, this is going to elevate the Shield. I, I don't think the Shield is an effective face group. I, I, they are far more effective as a heel when they're going in doing the damage. Uh, but, man, I'll tell you, they put a hurting on Dave Batista. They put an absolute hurting on the man. And Dave Batista is, is an animal. Dave Batista is a guy that can go. And they smacked, they smacked Batista around. It's a bastard stepchild. That was unbelievable. I never see, have you ever seen in your life? All right, think about it. When was the last time you saw Dave Batista get his rear end handed to him as bad as it got handed the other night? When he tries to tie his shoes and gets winded? No, not when he tries to tie his shoes. I'm talking from a from a from a character standpoint. Oh, I don't know. When he was still on HGH, not so much. It's it's one of those things where you um you, you've got to 
just break Roman Reigns out and 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 start moving forward. Well, just, I, just, I think they're move. headed in that direction. I mean, look, who took the majority of the abuse two nights ago on Raw? Roman. He got triple power bombed. That blood looked to me like it was hard way because they wouldn't allow blood on freaking extreme rules, but yet we had blood on Raw. His mouth was pretty fucked up. So Roman is going to... I forgot that you can swear on this program. Oh, yeah. Well, we swear. It's it's leading up to Roman versus Triple H, and Triple H is going to put him over. I'm telling you right now, it may not be a payback, but soon after, perhaps at SummerSlam, if you can drag it out that long, but the payoff is going to be Roman Reigns versus Triple H. As I have to correct. I have to correct myself. I've been. I have been calling Bray Wyatt McGillicuddy, and it's not McGillicuddy. It's um, uh, Husky Harris. It's Husky Harris. That's who I meant. I, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I apologize. Not very often that I'm wrong, uh, but I, I, I don't really? know where where McGillicuddy name came from. I don't know, but it was Husky Harris. I, and I apologize. I have to make that correction. Go ahead. You got foreigners on the brain, but. I mean, yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. I think, though, that definitely Seth Rollins and Dean Ambrose, I, I worry sometimes what their fate will be once, the, you know, Roman is the breakout guy. But I really do think both of those guys have potentials. Seth Rollins is a machine. In my mind, you know, it's funny. When the Shield started off, Dean Ambrose was their leader pretty much. But now... If you look over, and this is taking nothing away from Dean Ambrose, I like him better as the quiet, crazy guy. But I think the mouthpiece for that group has been, the last few months, Seth Rollins. Seth has really stepped up his game promo-wise. Uh, oh, how do I respond to that? Yeah, I, yeah I'll give you that. So going back to Sheamus with his uh, another U.S. title rate, you know, I said this on Facebook the other day, what I think you, they should really do. You want to really piss people off and, and get some patriotism behind that title. And I know that sounds corny. They should have did this the first time Sheamus was heel, as we hear rumors now that they want to turn Sheamus heel again. Have him put a damn clover leaf or an Irish flag over that belt. He comes out. He says this is... This, I don't want to do an Irish accent because you're going to get pissed off again. But fella, he comes out and, and this is the, you know, Irish championship now. And as long as it's around me waist, it's not the U.S. title anymore. The waist. Patriots will go nuts. Around me waist? Me waist. I don't know. My waist, whatever. <laughs> They're magically delicious, okay? But <laughs> I think that's probably the way to go if you're going to turn Seamus heel. It would it put a little credibility into that belt because now you can have guys line up and say you know what no man that that's an insult that's a spit in the face of the united states and you got a bunch of guys lining up wanting to kick his ass and take that belt off him and rip that sticker off they should have did that the, the last time he had the u.s title when he was a heel now i think that would be a really effective way to turn sheamus heel and if you are going to possibly at some point throw him in the picture to feed to Daniel Bryan, that'd be the way I'd do it. I'm not going to disagree with you on that. I, I think a Seamus heel turn at this stage in the game would probably be counterproductive uh, considering the, the really the number of heels. And if, if you're going to have Husky Harris be your primary heel, uh, at this point, I, I think, and, and, and Wade Barrett is, is certainly irritating the, the piss out of people. There's a lot of people that are annoying right now in professional wrestling. I, I think putting Sheamus in as a heel at this point would be over, uh, overkill. 
they've got to have some they've got to have a couple of strong face champions of course the current tag team championship uh team you can't just go i i've never agreed with having every champion be a heel it really defeats the purpose it, you can you can have a couple be a heel but give the fans something to cheer for and something to root for and something to believe in and uh keeping Sheamus right now as the US champion i think is a is a great thing you know what had i, I will i will say this had Dean Ambrose, I had, would have totally changed my tune on Dean Ambrose as the U.S. champion. If he'd have come out of that battle, because I was, I was hopping mad when I found out that this title was going to be defended in a, in, a, in a battle royal fashion. I'm thinking to myself, good Lord, how low has creative gone to where they're making the man defend in a 20-man over-the-top battle royal? Because he's crossing the boss. Oh, you can cross whatever the hell you want. You can cross the line. You can cross your fingers. You can cross an X. It doesn't matter. But at the end of the game, and this is what I've been what I've been preaching for for so many years, is 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 the lack of respect for tradition in this sport, and it's on full display when the creative geniuses or lack thereof go and take a a, a what was a prestigious championship held by legends in this sport and defrock it, deface it, demoralize it, devalue it by putting it up for grabs in a 20-man over-the-top battle royal. But then again, there have been a lot of asinine things that have gone on in professional wrestling as related to championships. Well, the belt hasn't meant shit. That belt hasn't meant a damn thing in years. So, And Dean Ambrose is one of the primary reasons for it. If I were No, Ambrose, booking oh, and creative is one of the Ambrose, primary reasons for it. This is what it. you do. You go and you step up like a man. Dean Ambrose, I'm sure, has a set somewhere. You go to creative and say, look, man, I'm coming wow. up on three days. I haven't had a title defense. Can you can you feed me somebody and, and, and give me a title defense? It doesn't necessarily have to be on TV because guess what? We're in the age of the Internet. People are going to know I haven't defended it in 30 days and are going to think I'm a schmuck. You're giving far too – first of all, you're giving far too much credit to the average wrestling fan. Secondly, they've they've thrown the 30-day rule out the window. I know, if, and if that's gonna, another problem. Okay, Don't even get me started on that. If we're going to use your logic, then last night and, – and this is the last thing we're going to get into with Daniel Bryan and Kane. But yep. then last night, why didn't Daniel Bryan say – Screw you, Stephanie. Okay, yeah, I know it wasn't a title defense last night, but the champ doesn't have to wrestle for 30 days. If we're going to use your logic, then why didn't Daniel Bryan say, screw you, Steph, I don't have to wrestle for 30 days. I'm taking my wife and getting the hell out of here. Go to hell. Bye. Because Brian Danielson is a man. Brian Danielson is a, is a great representative holding both of those belts right now. Brian Danielson is, is an individual that I can have my kids look up to. You know what? He didn't have to go. He didn't have to wrestle tonight, but he stood up and he acted like a man. And that's No, he did have to wrestle because creatively that rule doesn't go into effect. You're missing my point. You no, do no. I, I, if I I'm a wrestler, listen. Look. You've got to understand this sport is a sport this, this, this sports entertainment as a whole has to evolve to survive. That's understandable. Okay? But there are still traditions, there are still rules, there are still things that make this different from something other than, you know, two guys with clubs beating the heck out of each other for a, a, for a, a, a slice of beef or, or a person in the corner, whatever, it doesn't matter, all right? This is a sport. This is where two people compete under a presumed, quote-unquote, set of rules to accomplish a goal. So you, you can't just go and flush tradition just because it, it suits your needs. Now, creative 
will say otherwise, and they'll make up their own rules. And the problem with today's wrestling fan is they don't take the time to go back and look into the history of this sport and see where that tradition is and where it comes from. Because I guarantee you, a lot of professional wrestling fans now would really... I'm surprised that a lot of what we see on the WWE Network in the top ten doesn't revolve around any of the old stuff. But, you know, it is what it is. Well, you got to remember, too, it's scripted. You know, you can change the script anytime you want. If you want to kill Superman, well, you can change. It's scripted. You're, I, I think you're you're taking it too far as saying it's a sport. It, it's, again, I hate to use this term because. Oh, my God. The, the wrestling's as choreographed as a five-year-old ballet. Everybody knows that. That's not the point. The point is, is that this, this sport, I, I love it. It's not sport. It's entertainment. Okay, it may be entertainment, but it's entertainment with a set of rules and a set of traditions. And that's what stops it from falling into anarchy or whatever the closest definition to anarchy would be in professional wrestling, ergo NWO. Well, here's the last thing I'll say about Raw. I'm not sure I'm digging Daniel Bryan Kane carrying over into payback. I kind of think it, you know, Another problem I'm having with this is is if that's what we're to believe, it hasn't. I don't believe it's been officially announced yet. It's going to be Brian versus Kane, but they wouldn't have done what they did last night if it's not. Right. My problem with that is, again, Randy Orton still has a legit claim for a title rematch. Batista doesn't because he's the bitch that tapped out. So, I I don't I don't know. I don't know if I really. He's got his money and running anyway, so who cares? Yeah, but I don't know if I want to see Kane Bryan again. There's there's talk about. I mean, some people have said, "Oh, make it an Inferno match, or maybe now a Buried Alive match." Yeah, I could kind of see that, but it was like last night. You want to talk about being real? Where I come from, when Kane fell off the top of that car, I would have backed over his ass, hit (laughs) forward, ran over him forward. What are the cops going to do? I got video footage that he was threatening me and my wife. I would have ran his ass over. Three, four times. But no, what's real is what happened between Sheamus and Sin Cara after all. That's real. Presumably. What? Did you read did you read the uh the the, uh, the dirt sheets in regards to uh Sin Cara? I, I it hasn't been confirmed. I, I'm not reporting on it because I can't confirm it. But there was a rumor that um uh Sheamus and Sin Cara got into a physical altercation. Um, sometime after Raw, and Sin Cara apparently beat the bejesus out of uh, Sheamus. That, once again, unconfirmed. Well, I don't know. I haven't heard that one. We'll have to show. I, I'd love to. I'd love to hear more on that one because I, I honestly, I couldn't see Sin Cara going over anybody, let alone the United States champion. <laughs> so why not? Why not give him? You know what? They can have. They can have uh, Summer Rae go and smack Natty Neidhart on television and uh and natty neidhart gets rewarded by uh losing to summer ray in a televised event so why not have sin cara have a match against the great white hope for the united states championship because that's apparently how you get rewarded in this company you go and you beat somebody up yeah two foreigners going up for the u.s title i love it anyway letter grades what would you give raw Oh man, I I'd got to give it a solid B plus, maybe closer to a B. You know what? I'm I'm gonna hover around there myself. I'll give it a sol a, a, a solid B plus though. It wasn't a bad show. 
uh, was pretty good. I like the uh, the brawl at the end between the Wyatts and the, the Shield. That's one I just don't get tired of seeing. I like the fact that uh, Sheamus has a U.S. title. That we'll agree on. I think that that's uh, going to be good in the long run, especially with the impending heel turn coming. But, guys, with that said, we're long overdue. We're going to take our first commercial break, come back, talk a little bit of NXT with Anthony Farley, some news and more. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Unplugged right here on the SNS Radio Network. We'll be right back. Let's go to our ring announcer. Wrestling fans, your ring announcer here, Sean Beckerman, and I'm proud to present to you the Pro Wrestling Nostalgia Podcast that's taking the IWC by storm beyond the bell. On each edition, we cover a different theme, taking you back in time to relive the greatest and worst in professional wrestling. We go behind the mic, where you will get backstage stories from the perspective of a pro wrestling ring announcer on the independent circuit. Find out what it was like to announce some of the greatest stars in pro wrestling history and the funny stories behind the scenes. And we wrap it all up with old school wrestling music. So tune in to Beyond the Bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network, and I'll see you at the matches. It's go time! Hey guys, this is Ashley. And this is Sandro. And we're here to make sure that you check out the whole indie show each week on the SNS Radio Network. As both of us, along with our other co-host Randy, cover everything that you need to know on all things indie wrestling. It's your place for all the most recent indie news and event results, reviews of the latest shows from all the major promotions, and previews for all the upcoming events. We also want your feedback on any indie stuff you may have seen as well. Plus, you know, you never know. You might even get a few paperclip references now and then. So for all that and much more, listen to The Whole Indie Show every week here on the SNS Radio Network. theories or ideas to brainstorm on the subject of pro wrestling that doesn't fit anywhere else? Do you like hearing about those same ideas on a public platform? Or do you just like hearing rants from someone on the West Coast? Then, Running the Ropes is for you. Every week, join host Brian Maverick Bertrand as he covers the spectrum of professional wrestling in a controlled forum full of wrestling's biggest politics, conspiracies, and recaps from the biggest shows. So get in the ring and start running the ropes live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific, right here on the SNS Radio Network. This is the Bronx Father to tell you about the Get in the Zone podcast every weekend right here on the SNS Radio Network with myself, my co-host, Anthony Farley, and bringing you the TNA recap. No, God, please, no, no. L Train. We also cover SmackDown, some news, and you might even get moments 
like this. Oh my brother! Testify! Wow. Oh Lord. Oh my God. <laughs> wow, that, that was that wasn't half bad. <laughs> what the f <laughs> To quote see since I'm imitating since I'm imitating Devon tonight, I might as well run the gamut of black wrestlers and go with Booker T. Tell me I did not just hear that. It's one of those things to edit. <laughs> <laughs> to edit or not to edit, that is the question. For the reaction to it, you cannot edit this one. Oh, shit. <laughs> Anthony's dead. He's just done. <laughs> oh, we might as well just end the show right now. <laughs> so, check out the archive every single weekend and drop us an email anytime. SNSGetInTheZone at gmail.com. Right here on the SNS Radio Network. Governor Jesse Ventura, you're listening to Unplugged on the SNS Radio Network. Keep listening. I'm a real wild And now back to the show and two guys with delusions of grandeur, the Bronx father, Tony J. Mirabella and Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. Well, not quite. Actually, Mr. Money on the Mic, uh, JJ isn't feeling too well tonight, so... I'm taking the reins for one night only, and I'm not alone. He's back and controversial as ever. Both our blood pressures are slightly elevated. My co-host for the evening, the power, Andy Knowles. I'm fine. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm I, Man, I'm 133 pounds lighter, man. My blood pressure's never been better. Well, that's good. That's one more good. time around, man. SNS, uh, SNS Radio Network Unplugged sitting in for the great one. The great one, J.J. Sexay. You couldn't ask for a better... If you're going to guest host, you couldn't ask for a better guy. I think... I, you know what? I wonder how many times... I think this is maybe probably only the third time or the fourth time I've hosted this program. In all the years it's been on. Yeah, I'm not sure. I know, I know you hosted at least one or two times before. So, yeah, it's been an interesting ride for this show known as Unplugged. But... Let's move on and talk about another show out there. We have on the line, of course, Anthony Farley, who's going to go over NXT from this past week with us. Anthony, what's up? Hey there, Bronx and the power. God, this feels like a re, uh, flashback to the old Pro Wrestling Rewind days. <laughs> you thought you were on the Rewind there for a second there, Anthony, didn't you? No. You didn't? Okay, that's it. We, we don't need Anthony. Go ahead and disconnect him. 
All right, see ya. No, you I kept Oh, we're just kidding, Anthony. Don't go anywhere. What's going on with NXT this week? All right. Um, they started off with Triple H coming out. He Apparently, this was taped a while ago because his throat's still messed up from being under the weather. He's basically saying, now, you look in the main roster, you can see like a bunch of, of them started off in NXT. And he even mentions how in, the current women's Divas champion Paige is on there now. And it says that on the 28th of this month, There'll be a two-hour special called NXT TakeOver. Uh, then they have the first match, which is Tyson Kidd versus Bo Dallas. Bo Dallas has an inspirational theme, which apparently is going to be most likely his theme when he comes up to the main roster. Uh, uh, Bo was able to hit a short-arm clothesline to get the two, but in the end, um, Kidd was able to come back, hit her Karana into the corner, and after kicking Kidd, uh, Dallas to the ground, was able to go to the top rope and hit his blockbuster finisher to get the win. He would then complain. Bo Dallas would then argue with the crowd, saying, "I don't, I wasn't pinned. That was a, my shoulder was up." And he started arguing with the crowd, and the crowd just sings goodbye to him. Then there's an interview with Camacho about his issues with Adam Rose. He says, "Oh, I'm not a party pooper, and I'm I'm the one that really knows how to have a party." But in the end. Adam Rose comes in and he says that don't be a lemon, be a, a, a rosebud and has all his party goers going to dancing around with him, but Camacho just leaves. We then have the first match of the uh, crowning of a new women's champion in NXT because previous, in the last week's episode, uh, GM of NXT, JBL, stripped Paige of the title because he felt that since she was the Divas champion, she wouldn't be able to really defend the NXT title. So we had Bailey going against Sasha Banks with Charlotte. Um, both, <coughs> both, both of them are trading pinball tams back and forth until Bailey was able to hit a couple running back elbows, then hits the belly a belly to Bailey suplex, but Banks was able to get to the outside. When she tries to go for it again, Banks it was a fight bag and hit a bankrupt neck breaker, but that gives her two. She's then able to hit a backstabber. And then Bates hooks on some kind of cross-face submission to get the tap out and advance into the semifinals. We then have Adam Rose versus Danny Birch. Um, basically, uh, Rose was able to roll out of an arm bar attempt a couple times. Then in the end, hits a Bronco Buster before hitting his finisher called the Party Foul, which is some version of a uh, cutter, but he falls, falls his body backwards. Uh, then he has his party goers coming out to celebrate but only for Camacho to come out and attack one of them. Uh, Brother Square is interviewing the back. He's saying that my time is now and I'm going to take the belt from Adrian Neville later tonight. We then have the second round, second match in the first round of the women's title tournament. We have Layla going against Emma. Oh, no, wait, wait. This is not Raw Smackdown. It's Natalia. Um... Natalia was able to win after hitting the discus clothesline from the ropes and after some struggling was able to hook on the sharpshooter to get the win and she will be facing Banks in the, in the semifinals. Uh, then we have an interview with um, Adrian Neville saying that Brothers Clay might knocked out my teeth last time we fought but I got new ones right now and I'm going to win against Brothers Clay again but it won't be by a count out. We then have Mojo Riley versus Oliver Gray. If you've seen other previous matches with Mojo, you know what happens. He hits a couple corner splashes, the butt bump, and wins with a hyperdrive. 
moving along. Um, we have Aiden English though coming out and basically saying like, I'm here to, um, to give sophistication to the NXT crowd and basically get rid of the morons and consider Mojo one of them. He has Mojo to leave. Then he attacks him from behind. But in the end, Mojo takes out clotheslines English to the outside. And that's how it ends that segment. We didn't have the main event where it's a no disqualification match for the NXT title. Adrian Neville defending against Burtis Clay. Neville quickly attacks Clay right off the bat and actually hits a Foxberry flop to the outside. And he continues to attack him and all that. But when he goes up to the top rope to jump at Clay, Clay is able to knock him down and get a two count thanks to a T-bone suplex. Um, he will go for his power bomb and second rope finisher, um, second rope splash finisher, but that just gives him a near fall. He will then go for the belt on the outside and tries to attack Neville with it, but Neville super kicks the belt into Clay and then hits his red arrow finisher onto Clay, who had the belt on top of him and allows him to successfully retain the title. My opinion, this was a good NXT show, not the greatest. I mean, the no DQ rule for the main event did not really add anything except for that last little bit in the end. But I'm glad what they're doing now for the women's title for the NXT belt. So I guess, hey, watch the show if you want to see some good wrestling. All right, man. It's interesting to me how Brodus Clay is the only guy who's been demoted back to NXT. Some kids hmm. there. True. Oh shit! You're absolutely right. Natty Nightheart is there. Layla is there. There and 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 Natty Nightheart and Layla are wrestling for the NXT Women's Championship. Yeah, but at least they're on the main roster. Clay is like. When was the last time we saw Brodus? When was yeah. the last time we really saw Natty? I'm not counting main event or superstars. I'm telling you, man. Funky on a roll has. You want to talk about how the mighty have fallen, man? I'm telling you, my Funky on a roll has taken a big time nosedive. Well, this whole thing when he came back, when, we all thought he was going to be the monster. In other words, like he's doing right now. But he comes back basically with a ripoff of Ernest Miller's previous gimmick. We were like, yeah, oh, this is not going to last long. In all honesty, Brodus Clay did it better. He did it. Eh. He, he did it. He did it way better. You know what? You talk about NXT. I, I am not I am not that much of an NXT watcher. I did. Um, um, I want to do a little show prep, but I didn't get a chance to see the the entire last episode, which is why I didn't know who won the Natty Nightheart uh, uh, page match. But um, I, I will say this, and um, we we you want to use this clip now, Bronx, or you want to come back to it? We'll come back to it. Let's finish up NXT, okay. and then we'll get right to it. I, I've I've got something very important to talk about as it pertains to Page. And the Divas Championship, which which I promise we're going to get to here later in the show. But um, JBL coming out and stripping her of the NXT Women's Championship was, without a doubt, one of the most disgraceful acts I think could ever be perpetrated against the champion. There was, you know what? Okay, I explain thinking, why. I was saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to tell you why. You got to let me finish my thought first. Here's the reason. Well, don't drag it out. What? Who's who's co-hosting this show? You or me? Who's the guest host? Exactly. Thank you. There we go. Now that we've got that squared away, here's 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 the deal. Oh god. Here's the deal. The WWE missed a tremendous opportunity here. Not everybody is an NXT watcher. Most every NXT watcher is a WWE watcher, but not every WWE watcher watches NXT. This would have been a tremendous opportunity 
for the WWE to recognize its NXT Women's Championship by bringing that championship to Raw in an attempt to get more followers for the brand. They could do the same with the NXT Tag Team Championships. They could do the same with the NXT Champion. They've got they've got uh, uh, Bo, uh, what's his name? What's Dallas. his nuts? Bo Dallas, what's his nuts? They're trying to put him onto some something. I'm telling you, if I got if I have to watch another Bo leave promo, I swear to God, I'm putting my foot in the TV. That that's just overplay. You don't believe? No, I don't. There, they could be doing so much with this NXT brand. They could be doing more with the WWE, and really, even though it's it's almost it's almost ECW esque in a way, the NXT crowd. They they are hardcore NXTers, and I really truly believe that the WWE is missing out on an opportunity to get more of a following for that brand if they would utilize the champions more effectively, cross-promote them on specific... It doesn't necessarily have to be Raw or SmackDown. They could put them on main event or a show that nobody gives a damn about. But they could be doing more with those talents if, in fact, they cross-promote those championships. So to see Paige get stripped of the NXT Women's Championship really did a, dis- it did a disservice to her because she-, she certainly didn't deserve to have the title stripped from her. Well, you you complained it, about... It, it did a disservice to NXT by not allowing that belt to be showcased. Could you imagine how much Paige's stock would have gone up if she'd have came walking in all right, walking into and having a talking to jailbait. I'm the NXT Women's Champion. I don't think I'm ready for you yet, but I'm the NXT Women's Champion. And then they played that angle, and then she goes and wins. What kind of what kind of improvement in the NXT stock that would? Because not everybody knew who this person was. Yeah, but once you move up to the main roster, you have to free up that title to build the next w- woman in NXT. It's a developmental territory. It doesn't matter, developmental territory. It, 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 look, if they're they're not playing it like a developmental territory, if they were playing it as a developmental territory, then it wouldn't be getting anywhere near the notoriety that it was now. Ohio Valley Championship Wrestling. Nobody, the only people that knew about OVW were the ones that were wrestling in it and the ones that were watching it. The same with Florida Championship Wrestling. Nobody knew. Oh, it's the WWE's developmental area. Okay, fine. But there were other people besides me that came out in the wrestling media and said the WWE is missing the boat. Now they've got an opportunity with the network to take a brand and take it national, take it global, and cross-promote the product. And they choose not to, and instead they go and and they take away a well-deserved championship off of a woman who right now, with the notable exception of Natty Neidhart, is by far one of the best women's wrestlers on the on the roster, bar none. As a matter of fact, I would even go, if I had to compare the current Divas roster to the NXT women's roster, the NXT has them beat hands down. They had the, 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 the girl there that wrestled, the, the BFF girl. Um, help me out, Anthony. What's her Sasha name? Sasha Banks. Yeah, Sasha. Ba- oh my God, what a tremendous talent she is! They've got some fantastic women's wrestlers in that promotion right now that could be brought up to that main roster and would wrestle circles around. And 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 I be loving me my Bellas, all right. 
I'd be loving me my Bella something fierce, and I'd be loving my Funkadactyls, but I'm telling you, these NXT girls can wrestle rings, no pun intended, around them. Well, you said previously about the whole um, Dean Ambrose shouldn't have been stripped of the belt for 30 days because he has to defend the belt for 30 days, correct? Yes. Well, didn't you used to have a rule saying that if a, a person held two belts, he had to vacate one of them? No. I mean, Hulk, when, no, Ultimate War, he won the world title. What happened? He had to vacate the, the Intercontinental title. So, in other words, you can say that. Pedro, Pedro, Pedro Morales. Thank uh, you. He Thank never you. won two belts at the same time. Thank you. Oh, what? Bob Backlund win the tag titles after um, when Thank he was you. world champion. Thank you. He vacated tag belts. Okay, Anthony. break it up. Thank you. Anthony. Break it up, Anthony. This sport, this sport has had a numerous. What about what about Ole Anderson? What or excuse me, Arn Anderson holding the television championship, the NWA television championship, and one half of the national tag team championships before it was changed to the U.S. tag title. Let me end this right WWE, now. WWE. Listen. It, if if you want to come out here, if you want to come out here and you want to defend the lack of respect for the traditions in 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 sports entertainment, then that's fine. You can have your opinion, but you can't change what is and what was. And the bottom line is, if the Ultimate Warrior wins the World Championship, and he wants to go, God rest his soul, by the way, if he wants to go and he wants to hand over the Intercontinental Championship. Because he's the world champion now. I really don't need the Intercontinental Championship. That's one thing. Paige wasn't given that option. The title was taken from her. The title was taken The title was taken from her so they can use it. And the title was taken from the Warrior. Because I believe he said, I want to defend both belts for the... The, the quote unquote president. Is it all right if I say? If, is it all right if I say something yeah, without ahead, being into? Oh, gee, thank you so very much. I appreciate. I appreciate why, that why from both host, of you. Why don't you host for a while? Why don't you host? The, why don't you host the show? Who? You. <laughs> I'm hosting the show. <laughs> Go ahead. I'm, I'm I can stop you. hosting in about five minutes if this keeps up. Oh, just keep going. First Go of all, we're Anthony. Have, have one. Anthony knows I'm not being serious. Go ahead. Letter grade for NXT. In my opinion, this wasn't one of the best match shows. I mean, the, like I said, the main event was no DQ, but it was really only to stay, set up for the finish. So I got to say it's a round of B, solid B. Cause like I said, we had a good win. The first match in the women's tournament was good. The second one was like, eh, they just needed to fill in a spot with putting Layla against Natty. And yeah, I, I got to agree with Anthony on that. I, I really, I, I really scratched my head with having Natty Neidhart and Layla in this tournament. No, Natty, I can't understand because Natty's been in NXT, had some great matches on that brand or whatever with um, Emma and Paige. But um, like I said, they had no one really else to put in. I mean, they're going to have next week, I think, Charlotte versus Emma and um, Alicia Fox versus a newcomer called uh, Alyssa or Alexis Bliss. So I got to say they got potential there for the women's wrestling. I guess. We're going to put you on the spot. Anthony, we're going to put you on the spot right now. Who's going to win the tournament? With how they set it up after the last special, I got to say it's probably going to be Charlotte. Okay, we're going to hold you to that. Bronx. Oh, I don't know. I didn't see the show, so I can't give it a letter grade. That's Anthony's job. All right, Anthony, thanks a lot, man. Good job. All right, see you uh, for getting the zone, Bronx. All right, take care. He doesn't say goodbye to me. Notice that? Bye, power. Oh, it's too late now. It's too late now. My feelings are already hurt. Okay, I go ring the bells. (laughs) 
we'll, you have a good night. We'll Andy. get you a tissue. Night. He's got an <laughs> issue. <laughs> I, you know what I, you know what I've missed. I miss getting under people's skin. I never realized how much I missed it until about ten minutes ago. Uh, yeah, and Anthony is—you you were both getting under my skin for a minute. Anthony I, is usually <laughs> Anthony's usually the quiet kind of not, you know, confrontational dude. So for him to stand up like that, you pissed him off. Oh, that's oh, he didn't piss him off. What are you talking about? Oh, I don't know. I know my co-host. He's you were listening, you were listening, you were listening to a different a different person than I was. But anyway, I digress. What's next? Let's move on. You know, Andy has been alluding to this, and and the reason is that I believe he wants to show his power of foresight. Uh, about oh, when was it? About two months ago now, in I'm March. Right now, hang on two seconds. I got to say, I'm fifty-fifty right now because I got Husky Harris's name wrong. Yeah, that's so true. Go to show you, I've, I've been out of the game for a while. You know, living as a civilian, and uh, just goes to show that I'm human, and even I can make mistakes. But anyway, I digress. Go ahead. You mentioned this earlier. Uh, Moving on to talking more about Paige, and um, we have a clip. Now, both uh, Andy and myself have been on this show, and in fact, JJ has been on this show also. From Can I rest- set this up? Go on. Uh, no, go ahead and fit it, but I'd like to, I want to set it up before you play the clip. Okay. Um, on WrestleView, there's a show called um, The International Desk, hosted by Dara O'Connor, and uh, as I said... Uh, a few of the people on this network have been welcomed onto his show. It's a good show. And uh, he's overseas. He's out of Ireland, obviously. I love the guy to death, man. And he sounds, he does sound like Seamus. And that's not a knock on you, brother, but he really does. Hello. And, um, you know, we had the pleasure of talking to him. Andy had the pleasure of talking to him. And this was like, in it was in March, in fact. And uh, you kind of called out the future. So I'll let you set it up. Well, what it was it, for those of you, uh, for those of you who know me, I don't. Uh, it, one of the things that you probably noticed since I've been in semi-retirement, I, I don't make a point of um, going and calling in other people's shows. I don't make a point of posting. I just recently returned to the SNS Facebook page um, after a lengthy absence. Um, I've always said that to really appreciate this sport sports entertainment notwithstanding, to really appreciate it, you, you need to walk away from it sometimes and and take an outside look at what's going on and then come back into it. And then you have a greater appreciation for it, you know, getting to watch a pay-per-view and not having to report on it the next night. Um, you know, little things like that. It, it, it makes it far more interesting. Anyway, so uh, uh, Big D, Darrell O'Connor uh, asked... Uh, if I would be uh, on his program and and um, uh, being the having been on terrestrial radio myself on ESPN radio, I thought that was great. Of course, he's on uh, Phoenix 91.5 uh, out there in Ireland. And um, so I went on his show and being the prognosticator pro tem uh, that I am, I had uh, made and I, and I know that there are people that and this isn't this isn't me bragging this is fact there are people that will go and will listen uh to what i say i said something very profound uh back in march uh that i want you to listen to uh bronx go ahead clip one go they need to have a good strong face champion in that position for a while and um and bring up the women from nxt oh my god did you see the women's nxt match 
Yes, hold on, Andy. I'm just going to stop you there. We're going to yeah, go we're, ahead. we're going to skip this break and continue on, guys. So just bear with us. You know, Andy, right? A couple of things there. I agree with you 100 percent on on almost everything except for AJD. I think give it some time. I think her current position is based on the fact that when she got the belt, there was nobody else there. And I think that's what a lot of people need to remember. No, you know, no, 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 no. Hold you on, had Natty Nightheart there. Yes, but Natty Nightheart. You had Natty Nightheart there who was more than capable of holding that championship. I got to disagree with you on that, but no, go ahead. No, as far as a character uh, standpoint goes and, you know, kind of getting the fans behind her, because she she's really, really over. And yes, she's not as talented as Natty, but as far as an actual character standpoint, you know, uh, support with the crowd, she yeah. is capable for it. Like, but I agree. When Paige comes up to the main roster, oh my God, that's going to be unbelievable. He's dead. When Paige gets up to the main roster, AJ Lee is dead. Yeah, okay? and the I agree. AJ Lee 100%. character is over. A hundred percent. You know, I think there are women there now that are better than AJ and deserve it a lot more. But at the time when AJ was there, with the exception of Natty. There was nobody else, Andy, and you know that. Made, I, I agree. Yes, that made I agree me. With that. that made me really, really sad because I actually happen to like women's wrestling a great deal, and it's I don't consider it a bathroom break. But for the longest no. time, it was a complete a bathroom break. It was. It, it absolutely was, and it was. It was. It was a disservice to women who have really given their all for the sport. I mean, you go back to when Mickey James won the championship against Trish Stratus yes. at the WrestleMania. She won it. Oh, yeah. That was one of the best women's matches in history, one of the best women's matches that WrestleMania ever had. Mm. And, and the there tape. have Stop been lots tape. of great as much. Let me put it this way. As much as I. Stop the tape. I called this page title win before anybody even thought about it. Now, once again, I am proven right by the industry. What happens? Paige comes walking in and beats AJ Lee. Beats her with a leg sweep. Now, if that doesn't sum up AJ Lee's title reign, I don't know what does. But finally, we have a, a Divas champion in this young woman, Paige, who is a, an absolutely incredible talent, a phenomenal talent, is going to go very far in this business. Uh, uh, really, that, and, and I said it earlier, I'll tell you, if you're a European wrestling fan right now, you have got to be loving life because three of your, your, your brothers and sisters uh, currently hold top championships in the WWE. I, I point that out. Um, simply because somewhere along the line, somebody thought that Paige would make a a, a plausible Divas uh, champion. And uh, once again, I'm proven right. Well, there you go. I mean, I, I think the whole, what's the word I'm looking for? The whole reason and uh, planning behind giving Paige that title was they knew, especially they knew AJ was probably going to take time off, which he has. I mean, we haven't seen AJ now in about, what, three, yeah, four weeks. Yeah, her and CM Punk are out, uh, uh, out at the uh, Blackhawks uh, hockey games or something. I don't know. Yeah, well, great. You know, it's it's one of those things, you know, it's, I, 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 I dog AJ Lee quite a bit, and in it's it's very well, the dogging is very well deserved. Um. I, I still think, though, I truly do believe in my heart that under the right circumstances, the A.J. Lee character really 
can can go much further than where it has gone. She can she can be a very dangerous wrestler. I use the Candice Michelle uh, analogy and the Trish Stratus analogy. Um, and, and A.J. Lee could eventually become one of those greats. I think it's one of those things where she needs to walk away like she's done now, take some time off, kind of reevaluate, come back in, make an impact, no pun intended there, and, and go in and make another run. And, and I will tell you this. I, I will predict this, that uh, the A.J.'s next title run, if she gets another title run, her next title run will be 100% better than her previous title run was. I, I, I will personally guarantee that. Well, that's cool. I mean, at least you admit that they can do something with her. I mean, you know, we'll have to see when she comes back. They, they can. They, they, just, they, they just treated her they, they just too young. They showed her as being too young, too inexperienced. It really shouldn't have, and this goes back to the J.J. Sexay booking of professional wrestling championships, is you put the belt on somebody to put them over. J.J. and I will disagree on that point to the, to the moon and back. But this was the J.J. Sexay school of booking, and, and it really it did a disservice to the Divas Championship. It, it pseudo-helped A.J., but really, you, you got to get a grown-up in there holding that belt right now, and Paige is a fantastic representative of that championship. It'll be very interesting to see where she, where she goes with it, but she should have never been, uh, she should have never been stripped of the NXT uh, Women's Championship. Well, I thought AJ was over when she was a champ. She was way over because people, no. well, sure she was. People didn't like, first they didn't like that crazy act, and then they did. I mean, I, I don't agree she wasn't over. Do I agree she should have lost it? Yeah, but simply yeah. for the fact that she held it too long. But I wouldn't agree that she wasn't over. Uh, people were the same thing with Dean Ambrose. We talk about the United States Championship. Dean Ambrose hold that, held that belt months too long, and, and whether you want to blame him or blame creative, personally, I blamed him. Uh, for not growing a set and going to creative saying, hey, give me a title shot within 30 days so I don't like an idiot to the trolls on the Internet. Um, you know, it is what it is. But anyway, next on Unplugged. Well, first, again, I'd like to thank uh, Dara O'Connor of the International Desk, WrestleView.com. Yeah, we appreciate it. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. We appreciate it. You know, want to get on your show again. Maybe I'll, you know, bring you on my show, man. Definitely, you're welcome. And we thank you for the clip. Now we're going to move on and talk a little. Andy and I are both going to do this, talk some news with you guys. Um, a couple interesting news stories involving the WWE Network and uh, a very heartfelt news story. The news every week, of course, sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com. Are the police after you again? Yeah, it always happens. What did you do now? Did you not pay your rent again? I think I yelled too loud. That could have been it. Were you banging on the wall to the neighbor saying, hey, keep it down. I'm trying to do a radio program here. C-23. And uh, and now the police are coming after you again. Only diehard SNS fans will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You're, now we're really going back now, now I will swear. I will, I, And I never swear on a radio show. I will swear here. C-23 bitches. Oh, he I said will, bitches. I will, will say that. He said bitches. But go over to wrestling-online.com, sign up for their massive newsletter. comes into your email inbox several times a week, depending on how much news there is. You might get it four, five, six times a week. Old Colin Vassilo on the job. Let's talk some news. And now it's time for the news. Sponsored 
by wrestling-online.com. Now, Andy, you have some buddies at work, right? I, I have a few, yes. Well, guess what? If you refer a friend to the WWE Network, oh, you God. will get some gift cards. WWE is starting to reward fans who refer their friends to subscribe to the WWE Network. Now, pay attention. With up to $250 in WWE.com shop gift cards. The announcement was sent via email to WWE Network subscribers where referrals must be subscribed by Saturday, May 31st to be eligible for the promotion. Each friend you refer will get a $25 gift card, as will you. And while you can refer as many friends as you like, you will only get up to a maximum of 10 $25 gift cards. So if you're really popular and you refer 100 friends, you're shit out of luck. You know... The WWE should be giving me $250 in gift cards considering I've been a fan of their program for the better part of 30-plus years. How about that? How about rewarding me for, you know, for that? Well, I mean, at the times... I that... ref- Why do I have to go and refer a friend to the WWE Network for all the years that I have... That I have Purchase pay-per-view, I, once again, I'm going off on a tangent, and this is just me venting, ladies and gentlemen. This has absolutely no relevance over, over anything that we're discussing. But to, to, I have to go, and I've got to go, and I've got to find a friend. First off, you've got to go, you've got to find a friend. So if you don't have a friend, you're basically SOL on this one. But if you have a friend or a group of friends, you must then convince them to take $9.95 out of their pocket every month and contribute it to the Vince McMahon Retirement Fund. Now, for those of you that are wrestling fans and know this product exists, how I, I can see, you know how to scam this. This can be so easily scammed. Just, uh, this is going to, this is going to go south very, very quickly. I, I would, I, I would rather you not discuss how to scam a multi-billion dollar company on the air. But with that being said, done. with that being said, I can't. I can't see how you could take that attitude towards the network because shit, they cut pay-per-view money, (laughs) 50 bucks a month less for all of us. The network. No, no, no. I, the network, I have been very impressed with the network. I think the network does a lot for, for fans like myself, you know, children of the eighties, children of the nineties and, and even the seventies, you know, pure, you know, pure wrestling fans like I, who greatly enjoy going back. And, and if anything, this now gives an outlet to where the current pro wrestling radio media and the commentators can now, uh, can now go back and say, look, if you want to see how it was done and how it was done right, go to the network and watch this or watch that or watch a group of things and see how it was done. I, I really I challenge every listener to this program, every listener on the replay, every listener on the podcast, to go to the WWE Network, if you haven't signed up, go and sign up. Put your nine ninety five down for the Vince McMahon Retirement Fund, and go back and check out some of the old NWA pay per view. Now, you you will not like the production value. I'm going to tell you that right now, compared to now. But what you're going to see is you're going to see 
honest and pure professional wrestling and professional wrestling promos the way they were done. World-class championship wrestling. Oh, my God. World-class championship wrestling on there. ECW. If you want to go to the other side and see how it was done, ECW. You really can learn. This is a history of professional wrestling, and I applaud the WWE for putting this together and shame on the major cable companies for not seeing the potential in this. They could have made the money. They chose not to, and now the WWE gets to keep it in-house. Well, there we agree, and it gets even better. And it's a good segue into our next news story, Clash of the Champions added to WWE Network. WWE has added all of the Clash of the Champions shows, starting from the first one from March 27, 1988, all the way to the last one on January 21, 1997. You know what the significance of the first one was? No. Tell me. You don't know what the significance... Can anybody in the chat room... I'm going to leave oh, yeah. that. I, it, it, I could tell you, but I'm going to leave it to the to the intelligent pro wrestling SNS fans to tell the Bronx father what the significance of the first the date, specifically the date of the first clash of the champions. I will give you a shout WrestleMania out. WrestleMania 4. It aired on the same night as WrestleMania 4. Thank you. Now, do you know what the what the first championship match on that card was? Oh, well, I can finish reading the news story. Sting taking on Flair. No, the the very the first championship. Now remember, these were clash. Of the, these clash of the champions were just champions. These were championship matches. There were no other matches when, when these first started right. out. That was back then when you had eight championships in a promotion. You could make a card out of something. Mike Rotundo defending the NWA World Television Championship against Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin in. <laughs> in a match where they had amateur rules, three five-minute periods, and a one-count could end the match. Hmm, and Mike Rotundo pinned, pinned gorgeous Jimmy Garvin with a one-count to retain the championship in the second round. See, now that's a piece of wrestling nostalgia I didn't know about the one-count deal. I, was, I wasn't really into, you know, clash of the champions back then at that age all i really knew was wwe so but they're all being added to the network and they actually talk in the news story about it competing with wrestlemania 4 obviously that a pay-per-view clash was free and it eventually the show moved away from being competition to wrestlemania for obvious reasons and it was transformed into a special just like wwe had with saturday night's main event all class shows are part of the vault section of the WWE Network. So, cool. They're slowly but surely adding more classic content. And, and once again, kudos to the WWE. You know, there, there are very few things that the WWE gets right. We, we tend to take our times dogging on the, uh, on the WWE for one thing or another, one bad creative decision or, uh, or another and uh, this was one thing they needed to get right. They had to get it right. And, uh, and, and thank whatever God you believe in that they did get it right. Well, before I turn it over to you for our last news story, here's one that, that kind of pisses me off. Batista has been reportedly unhappy and might be leaving WWE early. Rumors are running wild that Batista is set to leave WWE 
earlier than expected after things that he was promised upon his return aren't being delivered. Batista was set to stay until June and then leave for a few months to promote the movie Guardians of the Galaxy, which is coming out August 1st. Now, it's believed that WWE is not is now, excuse me, offering Batista the chance to wrestle Daniel Bryan for the World Heavyweight title, but it's not known if Batista will accept the challenge since he's leaving and he knows he won't be taking the title away. Batista is set to be on television this week, although further appearances are in question. He's so far not advertised to appear at the upcoming WWE Tour of Europe. Batista returned to WWE this past January after an absence of almost four years. Y- you know, it's a, it amazes me to read this, and I don't know what the status is right now as far as this goes, but it's like, really, Batista? I mean, come on, man. You, you don't want to wrestle Daniel Bryan and do a job? Come on. No, because it will deflate his marketability for Marvel Films' Guardian of the Galaxy. Well, why would you want to lose to a man who really, seriously, and in all honesty, could truly kick your ass. Why would you want to do that? No, Dave Batista. you know, man, it's, it's amazing to, to be able to have had such respect for this man and his accomplishments. And in an age where the older guys are putting on, you know, are, are, are putting the younger guys over, and, uh, and to not take one for the team on this is just, you know, even The Rock let John Cena go over. It really says a lot to Batista. I don't think anybody, look, nobody is watching Guardians of the Galaxy for Dave Batista. Nobody is. They are watching Guardians of the Galaxy because they've been so enthralled with every Marvel movie up till now. They need this movie to get to the next Avengers. You see, finally it comes to a point where you and I kind of, Get back on the same highway. See, that statement I'll go with. Yeah, no one's going to see that movie because of fucking Batista. They're going to see it because it's a Marvel cut-in. That's all it is. I'm looking forward to seeing it. I've never read one Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy comic book. Never, never, never read one. Didn't even know it existed. Ditto. Until recently. And I'm looking forward to it if for no other reason as to whatever take it's going to go to to get you to Age of Ultron in uh, in the Avengers. So him Dave Batista losing to to uh, Brian Danielson means about as much to me as a festering bowl of dog snot. It's not going to affect whether or not I'm going to drop my 995 and a bucket of popcorn down at the local theater with my kids. So I I think Dave Batista is is really over overselling himself or or overselling his chances in this you know when we have a situation where you know Seamus is getting beat up by a guy significantly smaller than him it's it's entirely possible that Daniel Bryan could could really seriously put a hurting on Dave Batista but then again you know Dave Batista you know has gotten into the martial arts too so you know I could be wrong yeah, I mean, I wouldn't even mind it seeing the program, but, you know, it doesn't happen too bad, so sad. Uh, our last news story, Andy and I both completely agreed when we spoke off the air that this was one we wanted to cover. So I'm going to turn it over to Andy to read this one, and uh, you guys have probably seen this. It's all over Facebook. It's been uh, all over WWE, all over the 
various news sites. Uh, Andy, tell them what I'm talking about. The WWE has compiled an amazing tribute to an eight-year-old named Connor McCalick, who passed away only a few weeks ago after a long battle with brain and spine cancer. As you may recall, Connor was a big WWE and Daniel Bryan fan and met the current champion for the first time in 2012. After the McCalick family told the WWE that Connor only had a few years left to live or had little time left to live, the WWE invited the family for the Raw before WrestleMania and then to New Orleans for the big event. The video that the WWE did showing the Raw entrance prior to Mania had Daniel Bryan and eight-year-old Connor coming to the ring with Daniel Bryan's music with all of the WWE superstars surrounding the ring to support the little guy. Triple H went into the ring in his suit and told, got on his knees and told Connor to hit him. Connor didn't want to hit Triple H, saying he didn't want to do it. Eventually, Connor did hit Triple H with a punch to the jaw, grabbed his leg instinctively, and covered him as referee Mike Chioda counted the three count with all of the WWE superstars and divas cheering him from ringside. Little Connor was also the first person that Daniel Bryan greeted when he came out of the ring after winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 30, with Bryan delivering a heartfelt message to the boy. It's an amazing tribute to a person who has certainly touched the lives of many inside the WWE, especially Stephanie McMahon. The video can be seen on uh, many of the news feeds on Facebook. Once again, a situation, a situation where the WWE got it right. We, as professional wrestling commentators, wrestling journalists, wrestling fans, are often ostracized for a love misplaced or not in a fake sport. The WWE, to its credit, has once again risen above hate and has done something touching, which it deserves to be credited for. No, I absolutely agree. If you could, if if you can watch that video and just not break out into tears, there's something wrong with you. It, it's one of the most beautiful pieces they've ever done in pro wrestling, without a doubt. The WWE does very heartfelt tribute videos. They did one recently when the Ultimate Warrior passed, and and they tend to be a legacy of the individual to which they are eulogizing. They did this video for Connor. They didn't have to. They didn't need to. But they felt compelled to. And it was beautiful. Yeah. Go ahead. No, I'm saying it. I'm just agreeing. It was very well done. I mean, the kid, it was so cute. He even had the wherewithal. Like, he, he, you know, hooked the leg when he covered Triple H. It was great. And have all the wrestlers standing back there cheering him on. It was cool, and Daniel Bryan really, I always respected the guy, but my respect for him as a human being is just amazing that, you know, right after he won the title, he's at WrestleMania, even though it's a work, how could you not even be thinking of anything else, but he took time to go and and give that kid a prep talk, and it was great. Rey Mysterio Jr. came to an event at the Golden Dome in Augensburg many, many years ago when he was the world champion on SmackDown. I took my two oldest boys... Uh, to that event, as a member of the media, I was able to get uh, front row access. I was responsible for covering the uh, the event 
um, uh, back in my days when I was at uh, WSNN. And uh, Ray Mysterio was extremely gracious. Uh, Power Pack, my middle boy, uh, Alec, was a huge Ray Mysterio fan. Uh, at the time, was rather undersized himself and, and greatly enjoyed watching Rey Mysterio, a man who was 5'6", 105, 175 pounds, flew around the ring like nobody's business and was the world champion, giving hope to those who were not six foot two, 270 pounds, uh, the belief that they could aspire to something bigger. Rey Mysterio, after the event, having teamed with Batista, uh, defeating the team of Booker T and uh, Mark Henry, uh, came and uh, spoke to my son, and I and I told Ray Mysterio uh, how much I appreciated uh, uh, his uh, presence as a professional wrestler and the fact that uh, he uh, that my son, who was too afraid to say anything to Ray Mysterio at the time, um, how he very much uh, looked up to him and believed in him as a as a hero and as a role model and. Uh, and how, uh, you know, uh, we appreciated what he did. And Ray Mysterio was very gracious and spoke to not only him, but my, uh, my oldest son, who is autistic, and, uh, and, and stayed and talked with them for the better part of 10 minutes. And it really put a human face on, uh, on professional wrestling as a whole. Daniel Bryan doing this elevates himself as a man, elevates himself as a character. He... Um, he didn't have to do what he did. He didn't need to go. He had just won the world championship. He could have gone and celebrated in the ring. He thought of somebody and something other than himself. Wrestlers in world wrestling entertainment and throughout the world could learn from this example, as I think professional wrestlers now, for the most part, tend to be a little bit more selfish and more self-serving. Where's my push? Where's my title shot? I don't want to lose to this individual because it will make me look bad. John Cena, like him or not, has always been the superhero character that the children can look up to. Characters like Seamus appeal to redheaded children, like my youngest. Every professional wrestler, heel or face, appeals to some aspect of society. What the professional wrestler chooses to do with that opportunity that they are given is entirely up to them. But I would, I would state and I would suggest that each and every one of them take a look at this video. And the next time they feel the need to shoo away that fan or that piece of paper for a signature or that two-minute conversation that that child will remember a lifetime. I would suggest they think twice before not obliging. Professional wrestling is in the future of those that are in NXT. It's in the future of the young wrestlers. They need to act like they want to belong, and they need to make a difference. If this sport, and I don't care what you say, it is a sport, it may be as choreographed as a five-year-old ballet, but it is a sport, is to survive. Very well said. I mean, my feelings towards it are, you know, it goes to show when, when we get attacked as fans, you know, when it happens a lot. Like sometimes I'll even tell people at work what I do in my spare time. You know, oh, I host a wrestling, some wrestling radio shows. Well, why do you do that? 
And it's almost like my feeling towards it is, and this goes out to all the wrestling fans listening, if you have to sit there and explain it, the person already hasn't got it. You're never going to make them understand. If somebody just isn't into wrestling, you're not going to, if they're past the age of 15, you're not going to convince them to get into it. But it's things like this. I even uh, reposted the video to my personal Facebook page, and I said, you see, this is why a lot of times I do what I do. And, I mean, it was so great to see that. It was uh, just cool to see how much fun that kid had. His father was a champ, man. His his father held up in that video like a champ. How how that man, God bless him, didn't break down worse than he did. He he, That's really something. He came out and he said in that video, I'm going to butcher it and I apologize, but I'm paraphrasing here. He said for for a brief moment in time, it was as if Connor wasn't sick. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and that spoke volumes. He went up to AJ Lee and and I will give AJ Lee credit. Connor went up to AJ Lee and and asked AJ to stop being crazy. To which AJ, you know, laughed. Every single wrestler that had any contact with that boy uh, really I would stand up and I would applaud because for that brief moment that brief instant you made a difference and it is incumbent upon every professional wrestler in this sport whether they're in the independence or they wrestle for TNA or they're in NXT getting ready to call up it's 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 vitally important for the future that they Go out and make a difference. And in this digital age, you're going to get called out. And, you know, we see, so, we see so many negatives in the sport, so many of the Nancy Graces of the world that want to tear this sport down, that want to turn it into something it's not. And then we get, we get wrestlers who do such incredibly stupid things get caught in get caught smoking marijuana at a WrestleMania, get um, uh, involved in uh, uh, drug trafficking. There's so many of them that don't stop and look at the consequences of their actions as heroes of this sport. They get caught on porn videos. I would ask them to take a step back and look at this video and realize what this sport means to so many. And before they think of acting stupid. The problem, I, I think, is it the whole entertainment business and sporting business, it just breeds that. You know, you're making so much damn money, you don't know what to do with. Okay, in wrestling, maybe not so much because you really got to get over to make really good money in wrestling. But, you know, this could be said of the NBA, could be said of the NFL, could be said of, you know, you read about these guys. Guy's got a contract making $15 million a year and he gets caught carrying a gun. I mean, really? You know, it's just, I think it's all sports and entertainment that just breeds this type of mentality, unfortunately, that you're talking about, you know, guys getting in trouble. Once again, it's just, it is so incumbent upon this new generation, and I'm going to, I'm going to point the finger right at NXT, and I'm going to point the finger at the, at the indies, and I'll even point the finger at the National Wrestling Alliance. 
they they need to understand the impact that they have on you know what i i've i've grown i grew up I'm going to get a little personal here, and I know we're, we're, we're going over our scheduled time here, and I apologize for this. Oh, wait a minute. It's unplugged. This is like, don't, just don't worry about it. Go on. <laughs> I, um, I became a professional. As most everybody knows, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm 42 years old now. Uh, I was a professional wrestling fan uh, way into my youth. I really didn't watching Stampede Wrestling in UWA out of Vancouver. And... Um, you know, didn't really become a huge professional wrestling fan until my father passed away. And although I still had my grandfather, it wasn't the same and it never is. So professional wrestling really taught me the rights and the wrongs um, of this world. And uh, one of my, uh, one of my uh, great memories was when... Um, the WWE back then, the WWF came to the PE Coliseum for uh, for an event in the summer, and I was so excited. I got tickets to go. It was my my first wrestling event, and I remember Randy Savage, who had just turned face at the time, originally scheduled to be Hulk Hogan defending the championship against the One Man Gang. Uh, Hogan did not show up. Randy Savage had just turned uh, face the first time, turning face in the WWE, and uh, wrestled the One Man Gang in the main event. And I remember just this overwhelming sense of euphoria and awe that these heroes were here. And for a time, it didn't feel like my dad was gone. The hurt went away. It's escapism. We understand that. But do the wrestlers truly understand what it is they're doing? Most, For the most part, most of them do. For the most part. The average professional wrestler understands what they're what they are supposed to do and and what they are supposed to provide. I just can't say enough about this sport and what it has done for me personally and how it has shaped everything that I have done up into my radio career my terrestrial radio career, uh, and now into my, uh, into my new career to where you learn these rights and wrongs. And, and for those that don't have the, uh, who don't have the outlet who are, or, or excuse me, who are missing the piece of the puzzle, it is a, uh, it is a huge, huge um, relief to know that there are escapes out there whether it's professional wrestling or football or baseball or MMA or, or whatever, hockey, um, there, there are reasons why we have these escapes. And it becomes incumbent upon professional wrestlers and professional athletes to really truly understand that whether they want to or not, they need to be held. They need to hold themselves in a higher standard. And, and thank God the majority of them do. It's it's unfortunate when the ones that we hear about don't, and then we have to play on defense. But kudos to the WWE. I, I'm digressing here, and I apologize. Kudos to the WWE for uh, for what they did here for Connor. Kudos to Daniel Bryan and um, uh, uh, Triple H. I think uh, one of the comments was it was the greatest job uh, that Triple H had ever done, and I wholeheartedly agree. <laughs> 
Yeah, man, that that was the coolest part of the video. Here's what we're going to do, guys. We're going to take our final commercial break. When we come back, I don't have any emails yet, but uh, maybe we'll take a phone call or two if you guys want to call in when we come back from break. 501-588-7957. Take a few phone calls. Andy and I have to wrap it up. We both got work tomorrow, but you know what? I don't like going into a commercial break on a downer. So to lead into the break, um, Andy, you're aware what this Sunday is, right? What Mother's Day, you mean? Yeah. Okay, I thought you were looking. For, I thought you were looking for something else. But go ahead. Now I love my mom. I know you love your mom. We 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 all love our mom. So, guys, taking us out, man. We'll be right back with more unplugged. But before the break, we got a word from Mr. T. A special Mother's Day message from Mr. T. Please indulge me, and I hope I don't bore you. Beneath the mohawk, underneath the tough-talking persona, is an old-fashioned mama's boy who just happens to love his mother very much. Every time I think about my mother, it sends a certain feeling up and down my body. My mother got that big, thick strap and whipped our behind. Whipped our behind. Thank you, mother, 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 like no other. Every time that I cried and my mother didn't know why. How can I tell my mother that I love her, that I love her, that I love her? I wanted my mother to know that I love her every day. Not just on Mother's Day, but I love my mother on President's Day, on Election Day, on Labor Day, Independence Day, Columbus Day, Earth Day, Memorial Day, Flag Day, Groundhog's Day, April Fool's Day, New Year's Day, St. Patrick's Day, and yes, even on Father's Day, I love my mother. My mother, your mother, all mothers. My mother, your mother, all mothers. Thank God for mothers. Are you a fan of wrestling shoot DVDs, wrestling action figures, wrestling memorabilia? Well, I'm pleased to announce that the SNS Radio Network is now officially an affiliate of HighSpots.com. So when you go to the SNS Radio Network site, click on the High Spots banner on the main page, and it takes you directly to High Spots. Now, I'm not saying you need to buy something from HighSpots.com, but if you do, you're helping to support the SNS Radio Network by going through High Spots on the link on the SNS Radio Network page. And every purchase gives a kickback to the SNS Radio Network helping us keep all the programming here free for you. I don't consider myself a normal podcast host. I like to think of positives in wrestling before I strike judgment. Brian Maverick Bertrand. I just feel that everyone deserves to have a second, third, fourth, fifth chance if they learn from their mistakes. Running the ropes. Do I consider CM Punk a crybaby? No. 
because he would have done exactly what everyone else in the entire world would have done in his situation. Hey guys, Brian Maverick Bertrand here, and you can catch all the live recorded episodes of Running the Robes every week with a special broadcast on Thursdays right here on the SNS Radio Network. Can I just get an intern that's not going to accidentally sabotage my show for once? <laughs> Come on. Standing ovation here. Let's go to our ring announcer. The following podcast is scheduled to take you back in time. Host, ring announcer Sean Beckerman brings you pro wrestling nostalgia featuring classic moments and old school themes. So buckle up and go beyond the bell each and every week on the SNS Radio Network. It's go time. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And make sure you're checking out SNS Unplugged each and every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, as myself and Bronxzilla, Tony J. Marabella, bring you the latest news of the week sponsored by Wrestling-Online.com, the NXT Rewind with Anthony Farley, everything that went down on Raw via the Raw Reaction, plus your phone calls and emails, and you never know what craziness might happen on the show. Once again, every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, SNS Unplugged, exclusively on the SNS Radio Network, www.snsradionetwork.com. It's unscripted, uncensored, unbelievable. It's Unplugged. Hey guys, it's me, Mr. Money on the Mic, Jeff Jackson. And I want to take a moment to let you guys know that personally, I appreciate the support that we've had here on the SNS Radio Network over the years. And I'm here to tell you about a new way that you can help us out and show your support for the SNS Radio Network. We now have a way for you to uh, donate to the SNS Radio Network. If you go to the SNSRadioNetwork.com main page, scroll down, there is now a donate button on the page. Now, I'm not saying you have to donate to us, but your donation is very appreciated as we do a lot of hard work on the SNS Radio Network, spend a lot of our time and our own money to make sure that you guys have uh, entertaining podcasts and live shows on the SNS Radio Network. So to those who have donated so far, on behalf of the SNS Radio Network, we appreciate you. 
and your continued support. And for those that will donate in the future, again, we thank you for your support of the SNS Radio Network. www.snsradionetwork.com providing you with free podcasts since 2010. to the show with the Bronx Father and Mr. Money on the Mic. We built this city on rock and roll. I love that reintro. I just love it. The best version of that song that was ever made was actually done by LG73 in Vancouver. Really? Best version, yeah. They went and there was a there was a part of that song that um, the the version that you'll hear now has a radio station out of San Francisco. But what a lot of radio stations did back in the day was they would purchase the copy that didn't have the uh, the radio announcer, and then they would input their own uh, their own radio into it. And LG seventy three uh, back in uh, back in my day. Uh, did a did a fantastic version and it was it was based on it. and so I was very disappointed. I thought that the song when I first heard it, I didn't realize it at the time, but I thought that that was specific to Vancouver, and uh, and would hear different versions of it in different parts of the country. So I, I very much enjoyed that song myself. Yeah, guys, welcome back to Unplugged here on the SNS Radio Network. It's getting around that time. We're going to get ready to wrap things up. I will take a phone call or two if you guys want to call in and. Give us a quick opinion on what you've heard and what you've seen on television. Of course, 501-588-7957, 501-588-7957. If you have Skype, you can add Sunday Night Showdown. Call us that way. Don't have any emails tonight, guys, except spam, of course. So we won't be reading your emails. Uh, if you want to get them in for next week, of course, SNS Radio Unplugged at Yahoo.ca. Good old Canadian e- email address, Andy. It's, uh, I don't know, man. It's been interesting. It makes sense. I mean, you know, it, it makes sense to have a Canadian email address. I mean, that's, well, Andy, you live in upstate New York now. Oh, yeah, I live in upstate New York, but, and I work in upstate New York, but my heart is still very much uh, for my uh, my uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, my adopted hometown, and for Gibson's British Columbia, my uh, true hometown. So, you know, you know, here, when it was announced that I was going to be coming back and, and co-hosting the show tonight, I expected a lot more flack than what I got. I thought everybody was way too nice. I don't think you're as universally despised as you think you are. It's... I was the most hated man. <laughs> on I no, it, it's true. Go back and and ask uh, on the on the previous network we were at. I was the most hated man on the network, and I wore that as a badge of honor. I don't know. Maybe I'm just getting soft in my old age. I don't know. Uh, I, I, as far as I'm concerned, I love heat, too. I mean, it's just like the, the more outrageous shit that I can say on the air. And it was like, the, you, you know, I even forgot. We started going off on a tangent about music. I even forgot. 
What did you think? Now, here's my opinion on it real quick. That whole Mr. T thing, there was no way I could resist clipping that. Oh, I mean, that, that was beautiful. I, I thought that was awesome. You have to send me a copy of that. I got to get that in my iPhone. I mean, it was like when I saw that on Raw, my finger, my mouse trigger finger started twitching. Just just couldn't wait to clip that. And it was like, here, here's my thing, though. Do you think that they got in touch with Mr. T and okayed this shit because, yeah. I, I, mean, I still can't get used to the F-bombs and the S-bombs, by the way. Huh? Fucking unplugged. You, I still can't. still can't get used to it. No, I don't I don't think they did, and I don't think they care. Um, Mr. T, you know, as touching as that tribute was, he set himself up for it going as long as he did. And um, whether it was whether it was scripted, that he would go that long or not, it's really, it's nobody's fault but his own. Well, the other thing you have to remember, too, is, and I, let me put out a disclaimer right now. I do not know how this works, but I would assume once you agree to be in the Hall of Fame, you got to sign some paperwork. And one of those things is probably, you know, whatever you say, we own. So they own that clip. Now, yeah. it, if it pissed him off, I mean, that that's a shame. I Look, my thing is, I like some humor, and, and I sat here, I was watching the Hall of Fame on the WWE Network, and there were a couple of the boys in, in chat, and of course, Tennessee Cowgirl, who's usually always there as well, and we were all talking like, and 10 minutes into T's speech, I'm like, this is a rib. T has to know he's ribbing everybody, because it was so outlandish, and I mean, look, God bless the guy for loving his mama, I love my mother too. But in a Hall of Fame speech, I, I might say, listen, I want to thank my mom for all she's done for me, and I love her very much. Moving on, I'd like to thank blah, blah, blah. But he took it to like extremes, man. He set himself up for it. I mean, it's okay to, look, if I were there, I'd be thanking my mother too, but I wouldn't go on 20 minutes about it. You know, there were there were other people he, he could have thanked, should have thanked, instead of giving us a Mother's Day lesson. I and, and, and no disrespect to Mr. T. But, you know, you know, come on, man. What 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 the hell? You know, uh think you know the problem I, I don't understand why the WWE was concerned about time constraints of the Hall of Fame considering it was on their network. And they could have gone as long as they wanted. They didn't have to stay to three hours just because Lita went off on every little thing that she did when, you know, when she was, uh, you know, when she was down in Mexico telling us every bar she went to and everybody she met. And everybody I, I think she, she mentioned when with. she lost her know. first tooth. I think so. I mean, holy shit. And in the meantime, we, you know, we get to, we get to, you know, Carlos Colon. Well, a well-deserving former, you know, World Wrestling Council Universal multiple-time World Wrestling Council Universal champion, the owner of the promotion, and uh, and they get jobbed. But yet, this is, you know, we got to make sure we got enough time for the Warrior. We got to make sure we got enough time for, you know, everybody else. So, you know, we'll just we'll screw over the guy that really nobody cares about. But in all honesty, the WWE had plenty of time. They could have gone on way after midnight on that deal. They just chose not to. But, yeah, the T thing I thought was a bit much. Welcome to Unplugged. He is my TNA sad recapper every week on Get in the Zone. First time on Unplugged in a long time. Please welcome L-Train. What's up, bud? 
Hey, yo, guys, damn wrong to this. Been a while. Been, man. I've been all right, man. You know, it's just uh, doing what we're doing, man. Me and Andy trying to fucking kill each other on the air. It's it's all good. <laughs> you realize there are going to be people before before L Train gets to his TNA. Do you real now? You realize I have been getting posted from 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 schoolmates that I haven't spoken to in years who didn't even know I was a radio personality, who will probably now go and listen to the replay in the podcast of this program. And uh, and I and I will get a lot of flack because of all the f bombs and the s bombs s bombs that you have dropped tonight. Well, you haven't said shit, but anyway, train. What's on your mind, bro? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, I cannot be held responsible for the language used on this program. Thank God, <laughs> the FCC and the CRTC have absolutely no bearing on uh, on what we say here on the SNS Radio Network. But I digress. Go ahead. Hey, what can I say? I mean, shoot, he's he dealt with you, Bronx. He dealt with Farley earlier. He's got me now. I mean, he's been getting the whole trifecta of the getting his own crew. So, you know, I I, I feel for Andy a little bit because I know I know it's been a minute since he was, uh, you know, doing the radio host thing. So, you know, glad to see that you know there ain't no uh, there ain't no ring rust on the old microphone. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but you know, I mean, one of the things that I was calling about, I actually got uh, two separate things that I wanted to talk about. One was I was surprised at listening in earlier, Andy, because I haven't been able to catch the whole show. I'm going to have to go back to the archive and get the pieces that I did miss. Yeah. But I, I got to admit, man, it caught me off guard when you – I obviously with uh, hosts there can be dis- – I cannot believe that – it's not that you're not buying into it, but it's just the fact that you were pretty dang harsh on the whole family thing. Yeah, you know, it's, it's one of those things where – I, I understand what they're trying to do and how to get there, but anybody with half a brain wouldn't buy it. And um, I, I think what really kill, you know, what really is killing it for me is the fact that the Superman John Cena, you know, the man who's fought wars against guys like, you know, The Rock and, and, and Umaga and, and uh, really some, some, some brutal battles that he had get stopped by a by a nine year old going through puberty. I, I just I'm not buying it. Um, yeah, well, he's all for the children. The children are the only ones that support him. And and look, I'm not an idiot. He's 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 bringing kids down from the local YMCA and 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 putting them in black Undertaker robes and uh, and and marching them down. I, I it's 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 really disappointing because they could be doing so much more with the Wyatts. And I think this is really belittling the storyline. And, and, and like I said earlier, not to harp on it too much, but I think what John Cena needs to do is, is to, you know, to not care and not let it bother him and just continue to put a hurting on, uh, on Husky Harris and the boys from duck dynasty there. And, um, uh, it's, it's not, uh, Leave, leave, leave the kids out of it. You know, they never say that in, in, in broadcasting, they say you should never work with kids uh, or animals. And I think this is one of those times where the WWE needs to take that advice and, uh, and leave the kids out of it and uh, let the grownups uh, do what they need to do. Oh, I, I, I can see, I can see that point. I mean, I got to admit when I saw that whole thing, the whole choir, I'm the whole man. It has been a long time since I've seen something as surprising as that. Although it also did kind of hark a little bit to the whole thing that happened before WrestleMania. It seems like there's a lot more of a 
of a crowd stance that WWE is kind of taking as far as, you know, when, when there are certain rivalries going on, because we also saw about a month or so, the whole Occupy Raw thing with Daniel Bryan with a whole bunch of people surrounding the ring and stuff. I wonder types of scenarios or stuff like that that we could are going on. I mean, you have the whole thing with Triple H and uh, Daniel Bryan, and you know, last week we had the thing with Cena and Wyatt. I'm wondering if there are any other situations where you get something similar to that. Uh, train, train. I'm going to let Andy respond to you while he's doing that. Do me a favor, hang up and call me right back because I think you got a bad connection because you're breaking up a lot on my end. All right, let me try that. All right, and uh, I'll call back. Okay, no yeah. problem. Andy, go ahead. The You know, never let it be said that the WWE won't work an angle uh, or try something new, and that's, that. once again, it's the evolution of this business. As much as people like me would like it to be 1987, 1988, and, uh, and, and live for the days of, of, of Flair and the Four Horsemen and Dusty Rhodes, those days are gone, and they're never coming back. So what what do you do? You, you have to have the, the, Oh my God moment. And the WWE lives for these moments and, and some work out really well. Katie Vick, um, Kane and, uh, the, uh, and the infamous battery to the testicles. Um, <laughs> I'll even go back even further. Uh, Dusty Rhodes, uh, uh, presumably getting his hand broken by the four horsemen on national television. Um, you, you've got to have that, oh, my God, factor that really – and this kind of ties into it. You've got to have the, oh, my God, factor that really makes the public want to hate you. It defeats the purpose of having the Wyatts as heels is if everybody loves them. It totally defeats – the purpose. Yeah, but I don't think the Wyatts wanted that love. What I think is starting to happen, okay, and, and I've mentioned this before, is that the John Cena fan is growing up, and they're looking for the cool guys. Look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. They didn't want him to be a freaking baby face. The oh. Rock, they didn't want him to be a baby face. But these kids grew up, and they started saying, you know what? They didn't want Piper to be a baby face either. You know, to hell with the training and the prayers and the vitamins. And Look, I don't mean that to sound as bad as it does, okay? Training, prayers, and vitamins, it's a good message. But when you start becoming a teenager, you don't want to hear that. You want to cheer for the rebels. You want to cheer for the guys who are different. That's why I think the Shield has gone face. That's why I think the Wyatts are kind of tweeners right now. Because the PG era fan is growing up. And... After that video we saw earlier that we spoke about, I think that the PG era has its place. But I think what's going to happen is your younger fan is going to start gravitating more towards the cool heel than the, you know, white meat baby face like John Cena or a Hulk Hogan or, you know, whoever have you. It's like, but here's the thing. It's the the problem with that is it's like having a guy that's 5'8", taking a shot at a guy that's 6'2", if he's got to jump and leave his feet to take the shot to the face, it takes something off of the punch. And having the heel team, having the heel team being cheered for takes something away from the storyline in very much the same way. What the Wyatts need to do here is they need to do, leave the kids out of it, okay? Take, take, Take hormonal kid, and get him out of there and, and, and take the other kids back to the school, back to the YMCA, wherever they came from. You 
have to do something to Cena that is so heinous, so disgusting, so be so damaging to Cena that it 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 questions his ability to either return from an injury or come back psychologically. This is a very poor psychological storyline. It doesn't really? have the impact. It does not have the impact it needs to have because the intelligent pro wrestling fan can see through the BS. Now, this may cater to the low information pro wrestling fan, okay, or the rebels. As you say, I would tend to think that there are more professional wrestling fans out there, such as the ones that listen to this program, that can see through this. They need to beat Cena within the inch within an inch of his life. Do something so heinous outside of the ring to where, oh my God, these guys are absolute bastards and I need to tune in every week to see if Cena did it to one of them. That's what needs to happen. Leave the kids out of it and and let it be a three-on-one situation. Cena tries to get some help and, and he keeps getting beat and then it comes down to one specific match or they, they take all three of them and they, you know, they throw them in a cage with barbed wire and and uh, Duck Dynasty, a Duck Dynasty duck call match where you can use the duck calls as weapons, whatever you need to do, and uh, and, and you go from there. But but using the kids is not having the desired effect because the 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 majority of pro wrestling fans can see through that BS. Yeah, we had Train back for a minute. I I, I don't know what's going on with uh, Train Skype. We're gonna try one more time. Train, are you there? Yeah, geez, that that's funny. All the times I've called in on getting the zone and I'm on just on 4G, it goes in clear as a bell. I try to call in tonight on Wi-Fi and it's like freaking Skype is Rusev and I'm every black guy on the roster. Well, you got to pay for your own <laughs> Wi-Fi and stop stealing it. Hey, can I say something? Can I say something about this this new Russian character they've got? Real quick, no Bulgarian. Well, that, there's, a huge, there's a huge, there's a huge difference. It? He's Bulgarian. There's a huge difference. What's the big difference between a Bulgarian and a Russian? None. They both talk funny. Just okay, go ahead. You. Ready to boom, boom, boom. Shrimshot. <laughs> Bronx will be here all week, ladies and gentlemen. Try the veal and tip your waitress. Um, this thing here with uh, this Nikita Koloff wannabe um, is another insult to professional wrestling fans everywhere. And the only thing that's saving this character right now is uh, two things are saving this character. One is the blonde girl. Both of Lana's legs. What's, what's her Lana? Is it Lana, Lena? Lana. Lana. Is it Lana? Thank you. Okay, just to show you how much I care, I, I don't even care about her name. Lana is saving this, and the smartest thing the WWE did was get a picture of Putin up there because everybody hates Putin and what's going on in the Ukraine. Once again, this was a situation where they reached out to the high information professional wrestling fan. Because I guarantee you the majority of people in that, the low information fan, had no idea who the balding guy was that was up on the screen or would have given a damn. So here's a situation where the WWE needs to cater to a high information fan to get some traction on this. That combined with the fact that apparently this guy's got an issue with African Americans, L Train, you can you can speak to this. I don't understand oh what, what my issue God. is here. Why does this man have an issue with African Americans, or is this just a coincidence 
that the only people he can seem to, to be I personally it, it, between you and me and, and, and L train, I may be wrong, but if our, if Ron, the truth killings and his buddy there were in an alley and uh, the Bulgarian Ukrainian guy came walking down and wanted to pick a fight. I got a feeling that Ron, the truth killings and his buddy would beat the snot out of him in real life. Well, I mean, you know, you got two on one right there. I mean, I don't know. I mean, when when uh, Rusev first debuted, his first opponent was Zach Ryder. And I mean, I know the dude's tan as hell, but I don't think that qualifies him to, you know, be considered along the, along the same lines as, you know, Truth and, and Xavier Woods. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. Go ahead. But I, I don't know, man. I mean, you know, I know there have been people who have been critical on uh, on Rusev. I, I, I know JJ has been one of them. I think that's one of the 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 few times that, you know, the, uh, a mystical unicorn has come up, something we never thought we'd see you and JJ having a, a pretty big agreement on something as far as uh, Rusev goes. I, I don't know. I mean, I know we've seen it before with, you know, you know, having a guy come up and, you know, squashing some people. I mean, Rusev, considering he's from NXT, I mean, that can also lead into a little bit of the, the second thing I was talking about. Something that I've noticed is a bit of a trend with the people they've been starting to call up from NXT. I mean, I don't know. I understand that now that the network's going on and people are able to catch NXT more, I think they can get more familiar with some of these guys before they come up to Raw or SmackDown or whatever. But it seems like somewhere in that transition, they don't really know how to debut them because a lot of the people who've come up from NXT outside of, say, you know, the guys from The Shield or, and sorry about this, Andy, the Wyatts, because I think they had a pretty damn successful debut. But you look at some of the other people over the past year, you know, it, it kind of seems like they haven't really been able to get that good grasp, or at the very least, their debuts didn't go that well. I mean, we had, uh, we've, we've had Rusev. He's been doing the, you know, the big man squash thing, but except for Lana, it doesn't seem like there's that much interest in him. Um, we had Paige a few weeks ago, and yeah, she won the Divas title her first night, but I wasn't a big fan of how they portrayed her as, you know, just being like this, seeming like this girl who just came up off the street and, you know, was, was admittedly, she was a rookie compared let me, to the Divas let me, on the roster. Let me, inter- let me interject something there. See, this is where the WWE got it wrong. Had they brought her in with her NXT championship belt, people would have looked and said, oh my God, who's this? And then the high information fan would have said, well, that's the NXT women's champion. And now she's coming in to have words with the Divas champion. It would have made a much bigger impact on the WWE if she'd have came if she'd have come walking in with her belt and saying, you know what, I'm the NXT champion. Wanted to congratulate you. I'm not at your level yet. You know, I'm the NXT champion. I'm proud to be the NXT champion. And then have AJ pull the the snot crap that she did, uh, forcing the match and then having Paige win. It, it's it's once again creative drops the ball. You know they can do such amazing things. If they would just grow a brain. Well, I mean, let's talk about let's real quick talk about someone's career who they laid out, squatted, and took a huge steaming corn filled pile of shit on Emma. Yes. I mean, it's like, you know what, man? Here's my deal. I don't care how much money you offer me. If you tell me we're bringing you up to the main roster and you're going to work with Santino, either. Just I'm run. I'm not going. I'm staying. I'm not going. I'll, 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 I will stay in NXT and I'll job for a couple of weeks. But if I know that my name's on the dotted line with Santino, forget it. That's that's a career killer. Well, it was like, it, and then I'll let Train finish us off, finish it out. That that was 
Okay. Wow. Wait, wait, wait. You're talking about Santino and you're talking about someone finishing off. Are we going to the mafia stereotype now or what? Here's the deal, okay? I, it was like I really hadn't watched too much NXT, but when I first got the network, they had that NXT, you know, live show, and they're going to have another one like Anthony mentioned earlier. And I see Emma versus Paige, and I'm looking, and I used to, and I still feel bad for this, used to call the girl Enema just as a joke. And then I watched that NXT special, and her and Paige have a match that rivals, rivals Lita Trish. And I'm like, the fuck? What is she doing with Santino? Here, here. Uh, You know, this Emma is, in in all the women on NXT, I can't find a bad women's wrestler on that program. I can't find a one. I would challenge you to tell me who the worst women's wrestler is, you know, on that roster. Because I'm telling you, you got, and like I said, I'd be loving me my Bellas. All right? I'd be loving me my Natty. All right, but there are there are women in the WWE right now who should not be doing what they're doing, and honestly, they should take some of those wrestlers and send them down to NXT to get some experience. Because right now, if the future of women's wrestling right now is in NXT, then the future is in fantastic hands. Way better. We used to say, you know, the TNA Knockouts division is better than the WWE division. Well, now they have a group of women in NXT that can carry that brand and carry it well. And this is one of those times where the WWE got it right. True. Yeah, no, I agree. And, you know, now my final thought. I think that all radio show hosts need to learn how to get along. People just need to go out. So all you radio show hosts, just love each other and take care of yourselves. (laughs) And take care of someone else, too. Train, your final thought before I let you go, brother. What do you got to say? Well, I echo the sentiments of Bronx. And I know he's probably not listening to me right now because I'm sure Bronx is back on the Internet looking for more pictures of Lana. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know know Lana backwards is anal? Did you watch the Divas episode where everybody oh. all up in um, uh, what's her name there? Uh, redhead. Uh, redhead. Oh, oh, God. Speaking of someone who needs to go down to the freaking NXT Diva roster. Uh, God. They, they, they get on Eva. Uh, Eva's case. Eva. What kind of thing? I, I you know, I can't say anything really bad about Eva because she had that medical issue there a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. But here, you know, she you know, she did some stupid pictures when she was younger and everybody was dogging her for that. I don't see anybody dogging uh, uh, the Russian girl here. I don't see anybody dogging her. Because Lana makes, if comparing Lana to Eva Marie is like comparing a $35 steak to freaking a TV dinner. That's why. <laughs> Lana is hot as hell. How, how anybody. I haven't seen my wife lately. Look, you're a ma- this is just between me and Train. Okay, you're a married man. You got like thirty kids. You you obviously your <laughs> your shit is over. You got thirty kids. What's your excuse? I got thirty kids and you got none. What's your excuse? I want to be happy. But anyway, <laughs> I think you need to have a conversation with your wife. I got thirty kids and you got none. Who's getting it done? Thank you. Well, I, I think Bronx would have a conversation with his wife, Andy, but unfortunately he's using it to control the mouse and the keyboard right now. Ah, there you go. I'm telling you, man, I, I got shit. 
I got a heavier hand. Got, I, my I, hand is way heavier than Stephanie's. You just got owned. I think that's what it's called. Is that L train? Is that what it is? He just got owned. Yeah, we call that Saturdays. I'm not up on the on the. I'm not up on the vernacular of the young people. But I think you just got owned. Young. I'm 36. Where am I young? I'm 42, and I got 30 kids. What's your excuse? I don't know, man. Train. We're gonna wrap this up. I'll talk to you Saturday. Thanks. Uh, yeah, for yeah, and uh, you know, uh, cheap cheap plug on unplug. You know, I will. Uh, be making my miraculous return to get in the zone to cover the uh, sad, uh, the uh, upcoming edition of uh, sad slash TNA impact. I, uh, I admit, I hope I don't have any ring rust as far as uh, getting on the mic and doing the recaps. I know Farley's been picking up the slack for me the past few weeks and I appreciate that, but uh, we're going to see how things go. You never know exactly what you're going to get on getting the zone. And I think that's, well, hell, that's probably half the fun of it. Can you imagine we, us bringing Andy on that show? Oh no, no, dude! I think I think that's a no. I think that's a no power zone. I'm pretty sure, dude. If he was if he was stuck in the impact recap, I don't know if he'd survive. If he lasted till the tell me you didn't just say that segment, I don't know. I think he'd never return to the airwaves again. <laughs> well, I will. Oh. I will say this. I will say this very, very uh, briefly. Uh, and I said this. Uh, I said this on the uh, on on the rewind. I said, um, you know, it's it's up to the, just like in NXT, it's up to the uh, to the young guys now on the SNS Radio Network. While uh, old guys like me, the Tom Brokaws of professional wrestling radio, um, you know, we come back and and we we wave the flag and 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 we have uh, we have some fun and then we move on. But it's really it's up to guys like you guys, and uh, and Brian, and. Um, and all the rest of them, uh, Sean. You know the the whole group of you guys, the the new blood here on the SNS Radio Network, really to to make the uh, to make the network work. And you know, guys like me that have that have been in the industry for as many years as I've been in, and guys like Trey and and Jeff. You know, we're we're the old workhorses. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll still be around, but it's really it's up to you guys now to carry professional wrestling uh, radio. And and I would challenge, I would challenge those that disagree with me. To really take the time and 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 open, uh, open your eyes to what this sport was 20, 30, 40 years ago that brought it to where it is now. Because those who don't learn about history are doomed to repeat its mistakes. It's it's a it's an old adage, but it still rings true today. But every single show that is on this network, everybody does a fantastic job, and I can't say enough. And I'll even give a big D. Over at WrestleView International, I'll give him a plug too. Uh, he has a fantastic show over there as well, and everybody does a great job. Yeah, man. I, I appreciate I appreciate those words, man. I mean, you know, I was reflecting on earlier today. I don't exactly know the date. I have to go back and look, but Bronx, I think it was about a, a year ago, either over a year ago or somewhat under a year ago, that I think uh, you and I actually hosted the last live episode ever of uh, Wrestling News Live, which was. I think it was a spur of the moment thing for me. And I only found out a little bit before the show happened. And, you know, I've, I've never said it on the air, but I mean, I feel like that is an honor. I, that's an honor. I feel like I didn't deserve. I know you had been doing your thing with Trey and JJ for the past few months. And, you know, I mean, to say that I had that honor is still unbelievable to this day, but, you know, I, I always just felt like that, that should have been something for the three of you, but hearing the, you know, the good words that I hear from Andy and, you know, hearing the feedback that we get for getting the zone, 
you know, it, it, it definitely, it definitely fills me up with some good pride. And Andy, I appreciate the word you said, but you also got to know, you know, we got nothing but respect for that old guard, but guys like you and Trey and um, JJ, all the guys who've been doing this for so many years. So, you know, for, for us uh, young bucks, we'll uh, definitely try to carry that torch far into the future the way you guys did. But, you know, we got nothing but love and respect for you guys also. We, we, we appreciate it and, and know that I appreciate it and, uh, and know that the, uh, the, the fans and the listenership of the network, not just, uh, not just the guys that come in and the girls that come in live, but the ones, the, the thousands and thousands that listen uh, on the podcasts uh, uh, each week, uh, not just here in the U.S. and Canada, but all over the globe. Uh, you know, just to be proud of what you do. It's a time of your life that will never come again. And uh, uh, be sure that you enjoy it and uh, uh, do what you do. Do it well. Do it better than everybody else and have fun with it. Definitely. Well, I think, uh, yeah, I know Bronx wants to probably be wrapping up the show because I know it's getting late for him over there in NYC. So uh, <laughs> I'm probably going to go ahead and, uh, yeah, I know I'm going to go ahead and uh, bounce out. So, uh, Anthony, or uh, Anthony, uh, breast assured, you don't have to be doing your uh, worry. And I'll be back this week to do the impact recap. Um, Power, good to hear your voice again, man. You know, we Thank miss you. you on the airwaves. Thank you. And uh, Bronx Father, I guess I'll uh, be talking to you on Saturday. All right, brother. Have a good one. All right, peace, guys. Take care, man. You know what, man? I'm, I'm glad yeah. tonight. Uh, a lot of things old, a lot of things new were brought up. Uh, got a little heated, got a little funny. Uh, all in all, I, I had a good time. Really? Hope everyone else did, too. You know, we're going to close things out, Andy, and uh, we usually have a way to end this show that usually let's, always... Let's, I think something first before we close out. No. Uh, yeah. and it, no, I'm only kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> you know, I, when, when JJ asked me to do this, I, I, like I said, I never go on somebody's show unless I'm asked. It was a great honor to be, to be asked to fill in for, uh, to, for JJ, uh, more than happy to do it anytime. Uh, uh, whenever I'm asked to guest host, I take my uh, responsibilities very seriously. Um, I want to thank everybody on the SNS radio network. Thank all the listeners, uh, tonight. Uh, those that will be listening on the replay and on the podcast, uh, not just on the SNS radio network. Uh, but uh, on the Facebook page, I guess we're going to post this to, we'll post this to my personal page as well. Uh, I want to just thank everybody for their kind words, the support that I had when I was out, the support I had uh, for my surgery, all the love uh, that was uh, given to me and my family. I thank you. And uh, yeah, you never know when I'll pop back. Just uh, know that when the power returns, it is always, always an event. And uh, I just can't say enough and, and thank you. And uh, as always, Bronx, I'll, I'll let you finish up here, but I will simply end by saying this. Remember, boys and girls, please take care of the energy inside yourselves. After all, that's where your true power lies. And God of radio willing, and if the higher power lets me, you never know I may be back anytime. Maybe not on the rewind, but right here on the SNS Radio Network. And there's only one way to follow that up. Guys, make sure you're checking out all the shows on the SNS Radio Network. Uh, Beyond the Bell podcast every weekend, the Elite Force podcast as well, all your sci-fi uh, talk that you could want. Guys have been around for a long time. Make sure you check out Running the Ropes uh, every week. It's archived as well. The whole indie show, 
all your independent wrestling needs in one place. These guys talk about it all. SNS Sticks and Flicks with Ashley. He covers, of course, video gaming. He covers movies. Seems like every time I read Ashley's Facebook, he's going to the movies. So he's doing a lot of hard work on that podcast. Make sure you check it out. Let's see. Am I forgetting anybody? Of course, Unplugged. Hopefully next week back to our normal time. JJ, my brother, I missed you tonight. I hope you get better real soon. Every Tuesday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific, Unplugged is live. Sunday night showdown on pay-per-view nights, WWE pay-per-view nights. Uh, We'll be back for Payback, which I believe is June 1st. If I have that wrong, I apologize. Um, The archive of Sunday night showdown from Extreme Rules is, of course, up. You can listen to that. And uh, I want to thank everyone tonight for tuning in as always and uh, listening I want to thank L Train for his phone call and uh, last but certainly not least want to thank the power Andy Knowles for being with me here tonight so I didn't have to do this alone thanks Anthony for doing the uh, NXT recap and uh, I forgot my own podcast Get In The Zone recorded every weekend uh, usually archived on Sunday, so check that out myself, Anthony, and L-Train. Take care, guys. Happy trails on hump day. Good night. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and bring the sunny wind. Happy trails to you Till we meet again You're a troublemaker Troublemaker You ain't nothing but a troublemaker, girl You had me hooked again From the minute you sat down song I sing to Lana in my mind every night.
show up again next summer, yeah. Typical middle name is Prada. Picture like a glove girl, I'm sick of the drama, yeah. Uh, trouble, make up, but damn girl, it's like I love the trouble, and I can't even explain why.